Okay, let's get started here on Saturday, 12.05 p.m. here on the West Coast. Beautiful San Diego, California. How is everyone doing this week? It is BK here. One more week coming at you. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at BK Actual and go ahead and follow me on Twitter at BK Actual Podcast for the whatever amount of time I have left on there because I don't know if you guys saw, but those of you who are following me on Twitter saw. Uh, I got suspended again for uh, just the 12-hour period, like a little smackdown. And it, it's dude, I'm at a loss with this website, right? This is why I have to be so careful what I say. Here's, here's what I got suspended for. You guys probably saw earlier in the week that I was commenting about this judge who was indicted by the Justice Department for helping assist the illegal immigrant out the back door to evade ICE agents. And I will be getting to that story in full in a moment. I was responding to a tweet by BBC World, the their Twitter account, and uh, they had a story about the judge, right? And, and jokingly, I said, quote, hopefully the judge gets the death penalty, end quote. And... That was also like a couple days ago. So I don't know if like somebody's like following me around and like reporting every tweet I make or whatever. Obviously, it's tongue in cheek. I don't really think the judge deserves the death penalty for this, okay? But it's the question. They said it's specifically I violated the rules against abusive behavior. Like it's and they said it was like targeted harassment. I'm like, I'm not targeting anybody. I wasn't like saying, hey, everybody, come pile on this judge. I didn't do any of that. And if that's enough to get you suspended, okay. Let's do a little thought experiment. What if I just said, hopefully, blank gets the death penalty, and it's an accused criminal, right? Is that a violation of service, or is it just because I said judge? Or what if a judge uh, commits a murder sometime in the future, right, and they go on trial as a murderer? Can I still say, hopefully, that judge gets the death penalty, or is that also bad thought? Do you see what I'm working with here? (laughs) They can't handle the my free speech is what it is. How many times I tell you guys, people can't handle freedom. They can't handle freedoms. I can handle freedoms. You can handle freedom. People can't handle freedom. Everybody says, yes, I'm for free speech until they hear shit they don't like. And that's what this is all about. So there's my little story of persecution. It's all right. They're all jealous. They're jealous of the intellect, people. They're jealous of the six foot three, tall, dark, handsome freedom fighter. All it is, they're just jealous that somebody can come on here and make a compelling podcast for two and a half hours straight through every week, no editing, one-man operation. I keep telling you, you're not going to find it anywhere else. That's right. That's what they are. So let us, with that being said, go ahead and get into the news this week. And I thought I'd start with the ongoing situation in Sri Lanka. And it is ongoing. Okay, These are, of course, after the Easter bombings. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, today, a raid by Sri Lankan security forces on a house that was linked to those Easter suicide bombings erupted in violence, leaving 15 dead for this raid and wounding the wife and child of the accused mastermind of the attacks. So four of the dead had detonated explosives as the authorities closed in, and six of those killed were children, the security forces said on Saturday today. Now, a relative of the suspected mastermind, who is being named as Zaharan Hashim, confirmed that his wife and one of their children had been seriously wounded and taken to a hospital. 
Uh, now, a spokesman for the Sri Lankan military said it was too early in the investigation to tell whether the woman and child were related to Zaharan. So they're cracking down, as you would expect, big time. The Sri Lankan government uh, recalled that on the actual attacks, the day of the attacks last Easter Sunday, they had actually shut down social media because they were worried about terrorist coordination. I mean, it's crazy. It's scary that a government could do that, you know. Now, on Saturday, today, again, the Sri Lankan government banned the activities of a small extremist group called National Throheath Jamath. And that's the group that was founded by this Zaharan guy. And the president of Sri Lanka, uh, Maithripala Sirisena, decided to do all this under emergency regulations that were introduced right after those attacks, including that social media crackdown. Now, there's another group that the ban also applies to called Jamathe Malathu Ibrahim. And that's a group that is believed to have assisted in these attacks, but about which little has known. Wow, this is nuts. Now, a reminder that nearly a week after the bombings at both churches and luxury hotels, killed more than 250 people. Authorities still do not have the security situation fully under control, which is why I'm talking about it now as our top story. Uh, now, and uh, remember, I don't know if you guys saw, the Sri Lankan government revised that number down. The 250 killed is uh, has been revised downward from like 300 plus. Like they mistakenly counted a bunch more people than they should have. I don't know. The New York Times in today's story is saying 250 people, so we'll call it that. Still an enormous amount. But officials are warning that other potential bombers could still be on the run and plotting these attacks. Uh, so... The raid where the, the town where this raid took place is part of the densely populated, mostly Muslim town of St. Thamaruthu. And it is about 25 miles away from a town where one of the church bombings took place. Uh, so I'm just scrolling through this story. They've got a lot of uh, witness statements here. One man said he heard continuous gunfire explosion and then more explosions he saw people running and then uh, a bunch more people pulled up another house a few miles away was also raided yesterday the army said troops there found islamic state flags suicide kits military uniforms mm, and explosives with detonators now that raid began just hours after that president, Sirisena, promised a house-to-house -house search of the entire country and a total reorganization of Sri Lanka's security apparatus. He's feeling the heat and his government is feeling the heat because allegedly they have failed to act on repeated warnings that attacks on these churches were being planned. And they have arrested dozens of people. They've already got more than 70 people in custody. Uh, among those arrested were a man to believe Zarahan's driver and a deputy mayor of one of the towns. And in parts of the eastern coast, a curfew has remained in place since uh, Saturday afternoon. Wow, this is nuts. This is like a, it's an ongoing thing. And of course, like all these events, there's a lot of bumbling that goes on with the security services. And they are saying and being accused the security services for botching this entire investigation. And their mistakes range from crazy ones, like the failure to act on those repeated warnings, 
to the absurd, like mistakenly identifying an American college student as a suspect. And then, of course, the alternating death toll has making people scratch their heads too. It was like 350 deaths one day, and then, like I said, revised down to 250. So how are they going to respond to this? The president is kind of throwing his underlings under the bus, and he's saying, look, nobody told me about this threat, and the prime minister is apologizing, and he's accepting responsibility for this. Uh, and, you know, Sri Lanka has been, you know, long had all kinds of civil war going on, and they thought they kind of pulled out of it a couple years back. But now it's threatening to plunge the whole thing into a giant clusterfuck again. Uh, so, the... A little bit about the bombers. This is like the... It's unbelievable, you guys. This is like 9-11 all over again. You remember all the old arguments about like, well, it's poverty that drives people to terrorism. And the obvious answer was to point to the 9-11 hijackers and say, these men were all educated. They were not poor. Osama bin Laden famously was, you know, had hundreds of millions of dollars at his disposal. It was always a foolish claim. And indeed, here is more proof of it here, because those nine suicide bombers that carried out those attacks were from educated, middle-class backgrounds. Oh, and uh, one of the bombers, just in case you haven't heard, was a female. They were all Sri Lankan, okay? So they were not foreign nationals. And the female blew herself up in front of two of her children, killing them all during that raid. And the FBI, the American FBI, by the way, is uh, is lending a hand there. They think one of the suicide bombers studied in the UK and then later on did his postgraduate work in Australia before coming back to Sri Lanka. But they're still really trying to kind of nail down the ISIS connection. Just a few flags, you know, really doesn't mean anything. So... Uh, that's kind of what's going on in Sri Lanka. The situation is unfolding as we speak, and I'll certainly keep an eye on that one. Let us turn to Pakistan now and move on. And this ties in a little bit. As you guys know, I've covered the Ebola crisis in Africa quite a bit, and I've talked a lot about like superstitions among the people there for the reason they attacked the aid workers. This is sort of in the same ballpark. Because in Islamabad, near Islamabad, two gunmen on motorcycles shot and killed a polio vaccinator in the southwestern Pakistani city of Shaman, bringing the death toll among vaccinators working in the country's anti-polio drive to at least three this week alone. These shooters opened fire on a group of vaccinators when they were at the front gate of a house in the remote village near the border of Afghanistan. And two members of the vaccination team were hit. A 35-year-old Nazreen Bibi and Rashida Avzal. And Bibi was killed. And vaccination was then suspended for an indeterminate period of time after the shooting. They still have not caught the guys. They're still looking for them. Now, polio vaccination teams have suffered several attacks since a countrywide vaccination drive began on April 23rd. Polio workers, volunteers, and their guards are frequently tar targeted in the South Asian country. 
uh, Islamist militants and hardline clerics say the vaccination drive is a foreign plot to sterilize Muslim children and a cover for Western spies. These people are absurd. So they interviewed a few people, a few of the residents, as they do. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of skepticism about the polio vaccine. (laughs) This again. Uh, One guy who's a resident says uh, neither him nor his parents have taken the vaccine, and they are living a healthy life. So (laughs) he said, quote, we have doubts in our mind about this Western vaccine. Tribal people are not sure what they are giving to our children and what information they are collecting for spying. It's a Western agenda indeed, end quote. Okay, well, well, then take your vaccine and get out of there, okay? I've had it with I've had it with these people. They're all science deniers. What, I'm supposed to be easy on them because, uh, what, because they're, like, more primitive? Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to see, like, I'm going to be like, see this all, you know, that cell phone in your hand? Yeah, the people who made that are telling you that this vaccine will help make your kids not get sick, you imbecile. But they don't. I mean, if they were American, we'd be humiliating them nonstop, right? That whole thing, talking about the measles outbreak. Now, the government is doing this because they are trying to eradicate this disease because it is still a problem in several countries. The government of Pakistan had actually tried to urge Muslim clerics to inform the population that the vaccine protects children from a disease that can lead to paralysis or death, and a global effort to eradicate the disease left the country of Pakistan Afghanistan, and Nigeria as the only countries that have not stopped the transmission of the polio virus, according to the World Health Organization. And the number of polio cases in Pakistan has jumped to eight this year after two more cases were found. Well, okay, you know what? Then (laughs) nature will find a way. So you're not going to do it? Well, then you fucking self-select yourself out of existence. All right, I'm not going to spend a lot of time urging people to take obvious medically proven vaccines so they don't die. But again, it's not just them, right? They can affect your kids and your family and friends, and that's where the issue comes up. It's not just them. A little Notre Dame update. Investigators are converging around two theories of what caused last week's devastating fire at Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, One was a possible short circuit near its spire, and they think maybe that was caused by electrified bells, which is interesting. You guys know there's not like some dude in a robe, cassock. Is that what they call him? A cassock? There's not some guy up there, you know, ringing the bell like, uh, you know, Igor in his robe, pulling on a rope. It's all, you know, push button now. But another theory is negligence by workers that were carrying out renovations. And that theory has been fueled by the discovery of cigarette butts. Hmm. Okay, this is okay. This story is dated the 25th, two days ago, right? And, and so, so Thursday. Did you know Thursday was the first time cops were allowed to start searching the cathedral's interior for clues? Why? Why is that? Oh, here's the New York Times says uh, they've been prevented from going into the cathedral because of concerns about the stability of the damaged structure. Get out of here. Get in there. Uh, yeah, so they're still not 100% on the cause of the blaze. No, they did say, the officials said so far nothing 
is being ruled out. I did go on record early when I saw it, and I was like, this can't be an accident. Uh, so I could be wrong, but so far they have not proved me wrong. So we'll see. And then, you know, they used all this water to put the blaze out, and that's going to destroy a lot of evidence, too, so that could be a problem. But they've also interrogated dozens of individuals, including workers, company officials, cathedral staff, architects, and others in the local government. But yeah, they did find a few cigarette butts on the scaffolding, uh, which, in theory, could be a possible explanation for the blaze. However... The smoking, uh, yeah, the, the guy who, the contractor's denying it, but the police official did confirm that smoking, which is, which is forbidden under that company's rules, was being considered a cause. And meanwhile, the yellow vest protests continue to go on there. You know, when I, was, when I was pulling up the Notre Dame story, I came across this fascinating thing, just to quickly share with you guys. And this is like a secret society of master craftsmen that are tasked with repairing Notre Dame. And it's not just Notre Dame. Anytime one of these like famous old buildings, uh, something happens to them, they call on this group. It's fascinating. This group is called the Compagnons du Devoir. And, for example, in 1984, when the Statue of Liberty got a new torch, uh, these guys were called on to go do it. In 1990, to fix the hurricane-damaged homes of Charleston, South Carolina, and now, of course, Notre Dame. Now, the Compagnons are a secretive a UNESCO-protected band of artisans with medieval origins. And based in France, they are among the best craftspeople in the world, trained over years in a lengthy process steeped in an almost Masonic level of mystery, ritual, and devotion to their trades. Now, Compagnon translates to companion, and they think there's about 12,000 permanent active members of this group. Professions usually fall into one of five groups and then specialize from there. The five groups are uh, stone, wood, metal, leather and textiles, and food. And, you know, and then the subgroups in there are like bakers, clog makers, carpenters, masons, glaziers, and many more. Uh, it, you know, and as young people, these, these, these uh, whatever you want to call them, candidates, live in boarding houses together in towns across France where they spend their days learning and training to become the country's greatest trade people. That's fascinating. Yeah, I never heard of this. Uh, so very cool. And undoubtedly, those are going to be the ones who work on the roof. Let's move to North Korea. In this story, did you hear that the North Korean it, the North Korean regime billed the Trump administration 2 million dollars and that was for the medical care of American Otto Warmbier. You remember him? He was the imprisoned American student who then fell into a coma and then North Korea finally decided to release him in 2017. And a senior American diplomat negotiating for Warmbier's freedom accepted that bill, and then Warmbier was released. So it was like, well, we'll release him, but you owe us $2 million for taking care of him. Fucking balls on this guy. And recall that once he was in the United States, about six days later, his parents decided to kind of pull the plug. There was, there was no hope. Now, that bill of $2 million was passed from the State Department to the Treasury Department, but on Friday, the story came up because Trump 
said that, no, of course he didn't pay any money to North Korea. And he actually wrote that on Twitter as well. And this would obviously be seen as handing over ransom money. And that is uh, famously the United States does not negotiate with terrorists. And we consider North Korea a state sponsor of terrorism. So that would apply to them as well. And they did, the New York Times is saying they do have confirmed all these details with a person familiar with the events. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm sure money changes hands and who knows? Who knows what happened in that case? I freaking hope not, though. Meanwhile, Kim Jong-un of North Korea is meeting with the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. And he took his train, he's got that, that armored train he likes to ride in, and he went from uh, Pyongyang to the Russian port city of Vladivostok this week. And yes, he is going to meet with Vladimir Putin and probably get all kinds of uh, <laughs> bennies. From Putin. Now, Kim is the first North Korean leader to travel to Russia since his father, Kim Jong-il, visited there in 2011. And Kim is going to now try to foster ties with his country's old Soviet allies while his diplomacy with the United States remains deadlocked. Well, they're not, you guys have covered that pretty clearly. They're not doing what we want them to do. So what are we supposed to do? Remember, in Hanoi, Vietnam, as I said, late February, that meeting with Trump ended when the North Korean leader rejected Trump's proposal for the big deal in which the United States would lift sanctions in return for a quick dismantlement of the North's entire nuclear weapons program. Kim, recall, offered only a partial dismantlement in exchange for lifting some of the most harmful economic sanctions. And we said no, that's a no-go. So now they're going out to... Shake hands with Putin. We'll see. I don't think a lot more is going to happen on that end either. They're, I, I, I said it, I, I'm going to say it every time I bring up North Korea. They're done the, as a country. They just don't know it yet. Let us turn to Africa. You guys know this is the only podcast that covers Africa on a regular basis. And a uh, they're going through some tough times there near uh, South Africa and that whole area, like the eastern coast. A tropical cyclone that is among the most ferocious ever to strike Africa's eastern coast continued to bring heavy rain and fierce winds to Mozambique on Friday. And there are fears that it could lead to those same kind of deadly floods that devastated the country last month, again covered here. Now, this storm is Cyclone Kenneth, and it destroyed a bunch of houses and killed at least one person in Cabo Delgado. And more than 700,000 people live in this cyclone's path, and the government has already evacuated more than 30,000 of them. So, citing preliminary information, the uh, nonprofit UNICEF reported on Friday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, that more than 16,000 people had been affected by the storm and that nearly 3,000 houses were damaged and 450 totally destroyed. They did say that the cyclone weakened rapidly after landfall, which they usually do. But when it hit the coast, it was going 140 miles an hour. Jeez. And, but they still are worried about the flooding because the cyclone is going very slowly. And that usually brings heavy rains and then flooding. 
man, Africa, just, this is a basket case, man. They can't get a break. How about this? A They were building a apartment or some kind of uh, development in Belarus, and they found the bones of a 1,214 Holocaust victims. Isn't that insane? Oh, it was for an apartment building. So... They were digging in Belarus, in the town of Brest, Belarus. And this was supposed to be a new luxury apartment project. Instead of, you know, doing the construction stuff, though, they changed it up, and soldiers in masks and gloves started pulling human skeletons from the earth. So many bones were coming out of the ground, said one witness. It was immediately clear this was no ordinary crime scene. In the three months since that day, so it happened a couple months ago, this has yielded the bones of, like I said, 1,214 separate people. Most are believed to be the remains of Jews slaughtered by the Nazis after Hitler invaded the Soviet Union in 1941 June. Belarus was then part of the Soviet nation. Now, the discovery of such a large mass grave in the center of the city has brought into focus a little-understood chapter of the Holocaust in one of the first Soviet cities seized by the Nazis. And it has put pressure on local authorities to halt their plans and explain why they approved the project in the first place. Well, well, how are they supposed to know? That's stupid. They, The World Jewish Congress condemned the project as an affront to the memories of the Jewish residents of the city who were shot and murdered in cold blood at that very site. Well, again, well, how are they supposed to know? Or are they mad because they're like, oh, you know what, let's get these freaking skeletons out of here so we can resume developing our luxury high-rise, which would, which, would probably, which would probably be seen in poor taste. And they were trying to say, and they're like, look, you know what? This city, our entire city has been the scene of ferocious fighting in both world wars and has been built atop the unmarked graves of countless unknown war victims. Yeah, he's like, dude, there's fucking dead bodies all over. It is the This is like the killing fields of Europe, you know? And, oh, okay, well, the, here, the, the mayor is saying, he does say, quote, well, let me, let me read the part. While it was known that the building site might contain a, quote, few dozen bodies, nobody expected such a large number, end quote. Now, Jews were made, made up about half of the town of Brest's population in 1941, when it stood at about 60,000 people total, and were thought to have been killed mostly in a secluded forest 70 miles east. They had been taken there by rail in an early test of logistics, for Hitler's final solution. Yeah, you know, remember, this was the thing before they came up with the the gas chambers. They were trying to do these, like, they'd march people into the forest. That's what they did, open trench. And they fucking literally did not have enough time or manpower to do this because they wanted to, like, shoot people by the thousands. And they just didn't, and they, they couldn't handle it. That's how they started coming up with the experiment. They had, like, little mini gas chambers, like in buses. They'd drive around. They'd be like, okay, get on the bus. And then they drive around and pump carbon monoxide into the and kill them that way too, and that was seen as effective. But that's it was that was also too slow. Like they needed it on a much bigger scale, and that's kind of how the whole death camp thing got started because they were trying like alternate, you know, versions of this shit for a while. 
Pretty wild. Uh, pretty depressing also. So let's turn to something a little bit more entertaining. Uh, a woman in Arkansas flew into a rage. A 69-year-old Patricia Hill became very angry and murdered her husband after catching him watching porn in his man cave after he promised to stop. So Patricia uh, decided uh, she'd had enough, and this was in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So Patricia reportedly confronted him after seeing their satellite TV bill, which showed he had signed back into his disc channel after she had previously canceled it. <laughs> the satellite TV. He's getting a satellite TV porn. Does he know about internet? Did he not know about internet porn? Uh, fucking, what's this dude? Frank? Frank, you, you didn't know about internet porn? You're, you're, you're watching it on satellite? Uh, so during the ordeal, the woman reportedly knocked over a table that had Frank's cigarettes on it and then ran back into the house to grab a gun. She then returned to his man cave and shot him in the leg twice. Uh, she took Frank's love of pornography as a personal affront to her and her God. And her attorney said, quote, she told him over and over again to stop, and he said he would, but went right back to doing it. <laughs> she lost her mind, end quote. Uh, I mean, why not watch the... Aren't you... You're an old... Okay, neither of these people are attractive, obviously. All right, why don't you, Frank, why didn't you watch the porn with the old lady? You know, I guess that's a, he didn't want that, right? Frank just wants to watch the young fucking hotties, the 20-something-year-old porn stars. I thought, you know, you know, you, that's what couples do, right? You watch the porn together, you figure out something mutual that you mutually like, and then you, uh, you know, use the porn to finish yourselves. But... It didn't work out that way. Apparently, Frank didn't uh, want anything to do with this. So, that's too bad. Let us now talk to my aforementioned story about this Massachusetts judge. This is so great, you guys. I am so I'm so glad and I'm listening I'm watching the resistance howl about this and I can't get enough of it. This is great. This is uh, this is judge, she's a district court judge, Shelley Richmond Joseph is her name. And she was indicted on Thursday on obstruction of justice charges. She is being accused of conspiring to prevent ICE from detaining illegal alien Jose Medina Perez at Newton District Court on April 2nd. Okay. Now, it wasn't just her. It was also a trial court officer. So one of the court cops named Wesley McGregor. And... Joseph, the judge, had allegedly ordered the courtroom recording device to be turned off for 52 seconds while she and the defendant, the illegal alien's lawyer, had a conversation about getting him out of the courthouse instead of handing him over to a waiting ICE officer, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. So then McGregor allegedly used his access badge, that's the cop, to release Medina Perez, the illegal immigrant, through a rear door. And her attorneys are all like, this prosecution is absolutely political, blah, blah, blah. The ACLU weighed in. The Massachusetts attorney weighed in. They're all saying this is a radical and politically motivated attack on our state. This is bull. And listen, you guys, listen to who they're going to bat for, okay? Right? 
You always get the illegal alien sob stories, right? Listen to who they're going. Listen to who the judge just couldn't bear to hand over to ICE. Medina Perez, who has been deported twice already, which makes him a Category 1. You know, the people who get deported and sneak back? Yeah, that's a high priority. He had been arrested uh, four days earlier for drug possession as well. And ICE became aware of his arrest after his fingerprints were processed and an order was issued for a federal immigration detainer. So prosecutors, the this is the Department of Justice, the feds are going after this judge and they're saying that Joseph participated in this fugitive activity by creating a fake pretext for the defendant to be brought downstairs for further review and that way he could be released through that door. Uh, Massachusetts United States Attorney Andrew Lelling announced the charges against her and said, quote, the allegations in today's indictment involve an obstruction by a sitting judge. That is intentional interference with the enforcement of federal law, and that is a crime. We cannot pick and choose the federal laws we follow or use our personal views to justify violating the law, end quote. Well said. Well said indeed. Good. They're being charged of uh, obstruction of justice, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and obstruction of a federal proceeding. And McGregor, the court cop, is also being charged with perjury on suspicion of giving false testimony to a federal grand jury that was reviewing the case. And recall, you guys remember, if you just think this is some prosecutor, she's been indicted by the grand jury. Okay, So this isn't just one rogue federal prosecutor. And I absolutely loved all the SJWs coming to her defense. Oh, a warrant. I reached out to my ICE guy about this. Every SJW will swear an ICE warrant isn't a real warrant because they not only had a detainer, but they had a warrant for this guy, okay? And all the SJW lawyers are in the comments. Oh, an ICE warrant is meaningless. And I'm like, that's still a federal warrant. Get out of here with that. They're just so stupid. And yes, she is going to go down for this. Trust me, they're going to throw the book at her. Now, it seems that, you know, Massachusetts is like famously social justice warrior. I don't know why. It's very left-wing, right, all across the board. I don't know if it's just Boston, I, but the state as a whole is extremely left-wing. However, they do have—the uh, governor seems to want to cooperate with ICE, Governor Charlie Baker. He actually has filed le legislation to try and give uh, police officers in the state of Massachusetts statutory— authority to honor detainer requests for uh, ICE. Now, that first bill he introduced did not pass. Again, huge left-wing social justice warrior legislature. But now they're all talking about it now because of this case, which is good. And a govern the governor's communication director wrote in a statement, quote, Governor Baker believes that no one should obstruct federal law enforcement officials trying to do their jobs and supports the Supreme Judicial Courts to suspend Judge Joseph without pay, end quote. Good. And, yeah, it sounds like the governor is, like, on board with this. So, yes, I'm very much... Uh, very much in favor of this. Very good. They, they, this judge, first of all, you can't, you, you shouldn't even be allowed to be a judge anymore at the minimum. Even if you get off with like just probation or something, how could you have this person be a judge who's going to help a twice deported illegal alien avoid federal law enforcement agents? That's totally insane. Anything else? Any of the other details in here? Um, 
Oh, here's a, here's some some of the stuff they have on the audio, right? Because they have courtroom recordings. So the illegal immigration attorney is heard telling the judge, quote, ICE is going to pick him up if he walks out the front door. But I think the best thing for us to do is to clear the fugitive issue and release him on a personal and hope that he can avoid ICE. That's the best I can do, end quote. So then the judge says, quote, what if we detain him, end quote. And that's when she requested the clerk to turn off the courtroom's audio recorder, leaving nearly a minute unrecorded. And then minutes later, after it was turned back on, the attorney said that the illegal immigrant had some property downstairs and needed to speak to an interpreter. And that's when they just slipped him out the back door. Oh, man. Big trouble, girl. You fucked up. Good. Send a message to all these, uh, to all these uh, activist judges. Send a message loud and clear. Let's go back to international news and talk about a little bit about the death penalty. Saudi Arabia has executed 37 people in one day for terrorism. Damn. At least 33 of those executed belonged to the Sunni Muslim Kingdom's Shiite minority, and human rights organizations expressed doubts about the fairness of their trials. Well, I'm sure they weren't fair trials, but they're dead. And the state-run news agency uh, said that the men had been put to death for, quote, their adoption of extremist terrorist ideology and forming terrorist cells to corrupt and disturb security, spread chaos, and cause sectarian discord, end quote. The agency uh, said that some of the men had been involved in bomb attacks on security headquarters that had killed officers and uh, accused them of cooperating with hostile parties in a way that damaged the high interests of the homelands. Hmm. Yeah, this uh, these arrests started back in 2013, and a lot of uh, sp- you know spying accusations, spying for Iran. Some of them were accused, stuff like that. And yeah, well, they don't fuck around. Uh, you know what? <laughs> they don't do. It, it's not all bad. <laughs> not all their ideas are bad over there. I've said it before. And speaking of the death penalty, this is South Carolina. Finally, somebody's addressing this. South Carolina is now considering legislation that would add firing squads as an additional method of execution to state law for murderers sentenced to death. The House Criminal Laws Subcommittee approved a Senate proposal that also changes the default execution method in the state to the electric chair. Uh, So prison officials in South Carolina say they currently don't have drugs for lethal injection and don't know when they will be able to obtain them. Oh, this again. (laughs) How hard is it to inject people with drugs to kill them? They do it to themselves every friggin' day. Oh, South Carolina. See, South Carolina is dropping the ball on this. South Carolina's last execution was May 2011. You see what these guys do? They fight. They're too cowardly to take it to a vote for the people, so they they just slow up and gunk up the works with all these nonsense process filings and appeals. That's what they did out here in California. They're defying the will of the people. My governor, stupid Gavin Newsom, who I crucify on Twitter every time he tweets. Every time I see it, anyway. Yeah, he just decided himself the death penalty, Zicky, and he's not going to do it. Right after the will of the people clearly showed we wanted it, as I told you guys. In the same election that Trump was elected president, California not only voted to keep the death penalty, we voted to speed it up. And Gavin Newsom, one fucking turd, decided that none of our will counts, and he's just going to stop doing it. And one more death penalty story. Uh, James 
Bird Jr. has been avenged. Who is James Bird Jr.? He is the victim of that white supremacist who fatally dragged him with his truck 21 years ago. You guys remember that? His murderer, John William King, 44 years old, was executed by a lethal injection in Texas. Oh, this is funny. King, the murderer, had no final words, but issued a written statement criticizing the death penalty. He wrote, quote, capital punishment, uh, colon, them without the capital get the punishment, end quote. Oh, okay. So because it's because he's poor that he got the death penalty, not because he committed a heinous crime or anything. Uh, two of James Byrd's sisters did, and a niece, did travel to Huntsville to witness the execution. And yes, uh, one of the sisters, Claire Taylor, said something. I, I agree with her 100%. She called King's death peaceful and dignified, unlike the savage, brutal, inhumane murder of James Byrd, end quote. Yeah. Well, you can thank uh, uh, Ms. Taylor. You can thank all of the uh, white liberals for uh, trying to get rid of the death penalty as fast as possible. I noticed that none of the usual crowd are fucking protesting the death penalty on this fucking idiot. You know what I mean? So they're all hypocrites, you guys. All these anti-death penalty... I saw so many tweets about this, and it was all like, you know, normally I hate the death penalty, but I'm okay with it in this case. It's like, oh, fuck you, dude. You know what? Have some, have some principles. It's ridiculous. Obviously, I'm very much in favor of him. If it was up to me, he would have had the death penalty like 20 years ago. It was 21 years ago he committed the crime. Why does it take 21 years? Ridiculous. So, good. He's gone. A uh, new count of the New York Times is claiming that United States and Afghan forces uh, are killing more civilians than the Taliban. Yes. They are saying, the United Nations, for the first time since they began documenting civilian casualties in Afghanistan a decade ago, more civilians are being killed by the Afghan government and American forces than by the Taliban and other insurgents. The United Nations said in its quarterly report that pro-government forces were responsible for 53% of civilian deaths. Hmm. They have any other hard numbers in here? The agency reported 581 civilians killed and 1,192 wounded during the first quarter of this year. That is a 23% decrease in overall casualties compared with the same period in 2018. Other quarterly numbers may reflect an increasing reliance on airstrikes in a war in which Afghan security forces tend to hunker down in fortified bases rather than mount aggressive assaults against Taliban fighters. And then when they're attacked, they just call for airstrikes by the American-trained Afghan Air Force to dislodge the enemy. Aerial operations were the third highest cause of civilian casualties. That, those killed 145 civilians and wounded 83 during the quarter. That is a 41% increase for those types of casualties. And the report attributed almost all of those casualties to American airstrikes. Well, if it was up to me, again, we wouldn't be there in the first place. So, oh well. Okay, guys, let's turn to our political roundup, and I got a bunch of clips for you. This, these should all be very amusing. Uh, let us talk, first of all, famously, and contrary to my prediction, Joe Biden is running for president. Okay, I did say a couple weeks ago, I really didn't think he was going to do it. 
But now he's, he is going to do it, and, he, and it's already a shit show. Remember, what, I, what did I tell you when I said my reasoning for saying he wasn't going to run? Because he's, like, of a different time. All of his fucking beliefs, his core political beliefs that he had for many, many decades are now anathema to today's far-left hashtag woke Democrat Party. And worst of all, he's a white male, which is horrific if, again, you are a member of the Democratic Party. However, he did have a successful launch financially. He did raise $6.3 million in the first 24 hours, and that is more than all the other uh, candidates have raised in the first 24 hours. He did surpass uh, stupid Robert O'Rourke and Senator Bernie Sanders. So, it's too funny. All this bitching about white guys, and this is what he has. So now, okay, so as I said, Joe is going on the apology tour. He's already tried to apologize for all the groping and all this other stuff. So Joe Biden goes on The View, and Joy Behar is literally telling him what to say. Because the big thing is, okay, when Joe was in, the, in Congress, it, during the Clarence Thomas hearings, Supreme Court Justice, he uh, harshly questioned Anita Hill or the witness who was accused of uh, Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment. And now this is seen as most unwoke. So he has to go around on this apology tour. And basically the hostesses are saying like, no, no, here, dude, just say these words. <laughs> you must disavow, right? So here's Joe uh, Biden on The View. You, um, you know, for as long as I have, I, I don't know why it took you so long to call her. I wish it had happened earlier. Well... I, 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 I tell you what the deal was. I, I did not, um, since I had publicly apologized for the way she was treated, I publicly help. said it, I publicly had given for out credit for her, what, the, the contribution she made to change, begin to change this culture in a significant way, that um, what, what I didn't want to do, and, and I, mean, I, I didn't want to, quote, invader space. I didn't mm -hmm. want to get in the situation where yeah, right. this became. And then I, when, when I heard all this about the, and it was legitimate, expecting a call why, every time the phone rang. Why we, and so I, I, I spoke to some uh, leading women advocates in this area, who, someone newer, and I said, could you see whether she'd take my call. Yeah. And but, I was grateful she took my call. You know, I think what she wants you to say is, I'm sorry for the way I treated you, not for the way you were treated. I think that would be well, closer. Well, Just say but, it, Joe. But um, I'm sorry the way she got treated. In terms of, I never heard, say, if you go back and look what I said and didn't say, I, I, I don't think I treated her badly. I took Oh, Joe. Do you, why, why would you want to do this if you're Joe Biden? He's going to get beaten up for this and many other problematic statements for the next year and a half. Oh, it's too funny. Yeah. yeah he wants to do it. I'm shocked. Uh, so now that to celebrate Joe Biden uh, coming into the race, I do have some old clips of him when he was in the U.S. Senate. And again, this is very far removed from the Democratic base and where they are today. Obviously, as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, what they want more than anything is to not put anybody in jail. Well, Joe Biden was an instrumental part of passing, passing those tough crime bills in the 90s, right? So, and he was unapologetic at the time. So I've got a couple clips of Joe Biden in the 90s when they were passing these crime bills. This is from November 18th, 1993. And here he is talking about 
criminals. Let's hear how it goes. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Mm. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. In other words, throw them all in jail. You know, he's absolutely right. This is the funny thing. And if Joe had any fucking nuts on him at all, he would defend all this stuff. But instead, he's just going around groveling for how unwoke he was back in the day. And also, remember that those tough-on-crime bills in the 90s, something that nobody ever brings up? They were in response to massive violence. Like, the, the number, there used to be, like, did you guys know that in New York City, there used to be 2,000 murders a year? Like, that was, like, a normal thing. And I think, like, last year, there were, like, less than 300. How do you think that happened? <laughs> this And this is what, I, what kills me, is every left-wing social justice warrior sociologist who tries to explain that, they all assure me over and over again that no, be, I was like, well, we, put it, we started putting a bunch of people in jail and getting really tough on crime. And they're like, no, BK. So, oh, BK, you're so simple. The answer is far more nuanced than that. I'm like, okay, what's the answer? So they, will, they refuse to admit that when we started locking up large amounts of people, that crime went down, which is what happened. And yet somehow they disagree that locking up people led to those reductions in crimes. It's pretty funny. Uh, so here's another clip of Joe Biden saying uh, how we got to take back the streets. And uh, too bad if you were a poor kid growing up. That doesn't give you an excuse to commit crime. How about this? We one? must take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become a, a social uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. Yeah. All right. There's Joe. He's absolutely right again. Uh, and so Trump weighed in on uh, Joe running for uh, president. And uh, Joe's like, hey, I'm a young man. But Joe, you know, I don't know about him. Well, I think that uh, I just feel like a young man. I'm so young. I can't believe it. I'm the youngest person. I am a young, vibrant man. I look at Joe. I don't know about him. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God, you guys, I can't wait. Oh, man, too funny. Uh, so also, I wanted to play this clip because I don't know if you guys saw, but over the week, we had this stupid She the People event. Yeah, it was where all the Democratic politicians went and groveled in front of the female hosts. Um, but some of the 
men did not get such a warm welcome. Uh, for example, Bernie Sanders and woke Robert O'Rourke. So let's uh, hear this little this Some report right here. Some breakthrough moments there for Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Elizabeth Warren at the She the People Forum in Houston. But not so much for Bernie Sanders and Beto O'Rourke, who both got a little less than warm reception from the roughly 1,500 black, Latino, Asian, Native American, Arab American women in the room, with Sanders at one point even getting heckled. I actually was at the march on Washington with Dr. King back in 1963. Black women will be an integral part of what our campaign and what our administration is about. Why should women of color choose you? <laughs> so, there's stupid Robert. It's <laughs> yeah, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at you, you idiot. Take your time. Oh, so yeah, they're not. They don't want you, dude. They don't want you, Bernie. They don't want you, Robert. They want a fucking chick who looks like them. Uh, let's see. I got a few other clips here. Here's uh, Amy Klobuchar saying that she wishes she could give everybody free college, but she just can't quite I do it. I darn it! Staple a free college diploma under every one of your chairs. I do. Don't look. It's not there. Um, <laughs> I wish I could do that, but I have to be straight with you and tell you the truth. And that is that your generation is an incredible generation. Um, and you get a lot of grief, right? They say that kids your age uh, live in their parents' basement more than any other generation. Is that your choice? No. It's because we have saddled you with a bunch of debt, with jobs that often don't have benefits. Okay, can I jump in here for Klobuchar? First of all, she, remember, she's the chick who is throwing shit at her staffers. Why doesn't every every time they bring up this free college? First of all, if you gave everybody a free diploma, do you not fucking get that that immediately negates any value that the diploma has? You dumb dumb. Second of all, you can do four years in the army and get paid to go to college. Do you fucking know that? How come none of them ever bring that up? Arguably, one of the most successful government programs in American history, the GI Bill, which is better than ever before right now. None of them ever even talk about it. Close <laughs> my mind. Okay, and a few other now. Famously, you guys, this is this is a few days back, but I, I definitely wanted to play this. Bernie Sanders was asked about prisoners voting from jail and says, "Why, yes, he would welcome the Boston bomber, uh, the Sarnayev brother, voting from jail." This is how woke he is. So let's uh, hear this dummy. Senator Sanders, you have said that you that people with felony records should be allowed to vote while in prison. Does this mean that you would support enfranchising people like the Boston Marathon bomber, a convicted terrorist and murderer? Do you think that those convicted of sexual assault should have the opportunity to vote for politicians who could have a direct impact on women's rights? Good question. Thank you for the question, and Thank you for the question. Uh, and let me just say this. What our campaign is about and what I believe is creating a vibrant democracy. Today, Ugh, as you may I know, hate that word vibrant. we have one of the lowest voter turnouts of any major country on earth. So what? I want to see us have one of the highest voter turnouts. And by the way, I don't. I'm against what that. we're seeing is more young people getting involved in the political process. Yeah, more dummies. But not enough. And in my view, if young people voted at the same percentage, that older people voted in this country, we would transform this nation. But to get to your point, we live in a moment where cowardly Republican governors are trying to suppress the vote. Yes. And in fact, right here, as you may know, in New Hampshire, the legislature and the governor 
are working hard to make it more difficult for young people to vote. Good, good. And I to support me, that. that is an incredibly undemocratic, un-American process. And I say to those people, by the way, if you don't have the guts to participate in free and fair elections, you should get another job and get out of politics. All right. So we got to. Okay. So here is, and to answer your question, as it happens in my own state of Vermont, from the very first days of our state's history, what our Constitution says is that everybody can vote. That is true. So people in jail can vote. Now, here is my view. If somebody commits a serious crime, sexual assault, murder, they're going to be punished. They may be in jail for 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, no, that's their not whole me. lives. That's, the that's what happens when you commit a serious crime. But I think the right to vote is inherent to our democracy. Yes, even for terrible people. Because once you start chipping away and you say, well, Okay, that- there he is. So there he is. He answered the question. So yes, he does believe that. I'll give him credit for being straight up about it. Now, you know what? I really like that question, and I would love, and I love how, you know what was great about that question? Because it's specific, and it says, here's my example, would you do X with this person? Which is great. This is the same shit I've been yelling at them to do about the illegal immigration thing. Say to them, Senator Sanders, uh, would you allow people, illegal immigrants convicted of drunk driving to stay in the country, or would you deport them? You know what I'm saying? You got to pin them down, is my point. So, not to be outwoke, as you guys know, like months and months ago, I told you the Democratic presidential race was going to be a race to the left, right? Well, Kamala Harris went on a town hall again and said, uh, yeah, you know what, I'm willing to uh, maybe have that conversation about letting the prisoners vote. Here you go. really important. I'm not sure if you were watching earlier, but Senator Bernie Sanders said that uh, that he is in favor of felons being able to vote while serving in prison. He, he was asked specifically about people like the Boston Marathon bomber, also people who are convicted of sexual assault. And he said, this is a quote, the right to vote is inherent to our democracy, yes, even for terrible people. Do you agree with that, Senator? I agree that the right to vote is one of the very important components of citizenship. Oh, God, she's so and boring. And it is something that people should, um, should not be stripped of needlessly, which is why I have been long an advocate of making sure that the formerly incarcerated are not denied a right to vote, which is the case <laughs> in so many states in formerly our country. Incarcerated. In some states, permanently deprived of the right to vote. And Good. these are policies that go back to Jim Crow. These are policies that go back to the heart of of policies that have been about disenfranchisement, policies that continue until today, and we need to take it seriously. But but people who are convicted in prison, like the Boston Marathon bomber, death row, people who are convicted of sexual assault, they should be able to vote? I think we should have that conversation. Okay, there you go, stupid Kamala. Now, of course, being a giant wishy-washy chick, Bernie, see, that's what I'm saying. At least you got to respect Bernie. Bernie came out and said, yes, I agree. Kamala Harris weasels and says, I think we should have that conversation, which is a way of not answering the question. So it didn't take her long to kind of switch her mind about that after getting shit on all, all day for social media. Because she was asked about the next day, uh, less than 24 hours later. And uh, let's hear how she sounds now. And address that immediately. And so that was, that is one of my first areas of focus and concern. But, you know, um, do I think that people who commit murder, who, people who are terrorists, should be deprived of their rights? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, okay, so then she says, so now she's not. So she said, okay, it's okay to be deprived of your rights. All right, now... 
Now, funnily enough, funnily, Chris Cuomo is aghast at how woke these Democrats are. I know, of all people. Uh, he's actually shocked. I don't know why he's shocked. Have you? He's he's got a news show every night for the past like five years or so, and he's shocked at how liberal these guys are, which is funny to me. Like I I saw it coming a mile away. Uh, let's hear how Chris Cuomo sounds here. Top twenty twenty Democratic hopefuls have been following Bernie Sanders' lead on many progressive policy policy stances. But last night, Senator Sanders said that people in prison, even terrorists like the Boston bomber have the right to vote while they're in mm -hmm. prison. D. Lemon, what's your take? Talking to Don uh, Lemon. I'm stunned. As you can see, you can see on, on our faces and the responses. Listen, I'm glad we asked the question. I'm glad you asked the question uh, first to Bernie, and then we um, talked to the other candidates, the subsequent candidates who came on. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. I think, um, I think you were right that it's going to be a campaign for those who said either, yes, they should be able to vote even the, the most awful people among us, or we should have a conversation about it. I think it's going to be an issue. Senator Kamala Harris said that she has now revised her opinion in saying those who are in prison, no, no. they don't get the vote. No. Well, last night, that's not what she said. Yep. But she, that's she right, is, Don listen, She can revise her position. Uh, and change her mind, or maybe she just didn't um, get it out last night. Yeah, but okay. I think that is going to be an issue, and I think it's 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 a real it's an interesting subject or question. Okay, yeah, Don Lemon is just going to filibuster here. That's fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, what other roundups do I have? I, I told you I had a whole uh, lineup of candidates. Oh, here's a uh, Mayor Pete. Yes, Buttigieg. On whether he would support his town of Indiana, he's the mayor of South Bend, becoming a sanctuary city. So these are always interesting. Let's hear this one. This is a dumb Anderson Cooper. Let me just follow up on that. If, if Indiana allowed it, would you support South Bend being a sanctuary city? So one of the things I've noticed, because we were trying to figure out in South Bend what this meant when the Department what of Justice means. was you know what it threatening means. mayors with withdrawing our, uh, our JAG funds and, and grant funds uh, for the police department uh, based on whether we were a sanctuary city. They couldn't actually tell us what that means. Uh, I regard us as a welcoming city. Okay, let me fucking jump in here since Anderson Cooper's too stupid to. I would say, well, what it means, Mayor Pete, is that you're ordering law enforcement not to cooperate with ICE. That's what it means. There's a fucking one sentence, right? And further, Anderson Cooper, it's a stupid question anyway. This is when you start getting specific. You don't say, oh, do you support sanctuary cities? You say, Mayor Pete, the convicted drunk drivers that are illegal immigrants who've been going to jail and are now really, would you support releasing them back on the streets or would you call ICE over them? How about thieves? How about graffiti artists? How about robbers? How about people who assault other people? That's what you do, and none of them do it. Let's continue with this idiot Buttigieg. That makes us a sanctuary city. I don't know. Here's what we do in South Bend. We make it very clear that our South Bend Police Department is not responsible for enforcing federal immigration policy. Yeah, nobody's asking to you to do that. Trying it's to a keep fucking lie. Safe. And by the way, it's harder for them to do their job if residents in our community, many of whom are Latino and some of whom are immigrants and some of whom are undocumented, are uh, afraid to even talk to them, <laughs> even if they thing. know I don't something. You know what? Okay. You know what? I'm sick. Of, I'm so sick of that argument. I don't care if the illegal immigrants don't talk to the cops, okay? I don't care. Then fine. Then, then let, them, uh, then let the uh, gang members uh, run through the whole neighborhood then. Oh, God. I have one from... 
I have one from Cory Booker too, but he's actually too stupid for me even. So let's go to my favorite punching bag as of late. Let us hear from uh, Robert Mito O'Rourke. And he is suggesting here he's going to punish federal immigration agents who enforced laws. This is also during that She the People presidential forum. So let's hear uh, Robert here. I think with, without accountability, you, you won't have justice. Without justice, you will not have rule of law in this country. And without accepting that no person, no matter what office he occupies, is, is above the law, then this country's not going to fulfill its promise or live according to its, its constitution. So yes, there have to be consequences for people who rejected asylum seekers who were lawfully trying to present themselves at our international ports of entry, with not a penny to their name, um, fearing for their lives and the lives of their kids, attempted again to follow our laws by crossing in between ports of entry, arrested themselves. That's and this not is the an attempt to follow our laws. They, tell us they don't flee detection and apprehension. They turn themselves in, seeking refuge and shelter from a country of refugees not and country, asylum no, seekers, no. and to be met not with salvation, but your worst nightmare, that child torn from your arms by force, put into a cage, you deported back to the very country yes. from which you fled. That's right. Yes, there has to be consequence for those kind of actions. And I want to make sure we hold everyone responsible. Uh, you notice how you notice how with all this consequence, he, he never talks about consequences for the illegal immigrants who defy our laws, disregard our laws, the illegal immigrants who use drug traffickers to get across, the illegal immigrants who use fake documents, stolen fucking social security numbers to get in, who use children that aren't theirs to get in. There's no con. He never talks about any consequences for them. It's only about the guys who are down there doing the most thankless freaking job in the federal government. That's who he has consequences for. Oh, God, do I even want to play this one? Um, he has another one about, oh, he claimed that the citizenship question about asking if uh, you're a citizen of the United States, that will make us less safe is what he's claiming. Uh, but you know what? That one's too stupid. He did get confronted um, by somebody who was unhappy at a different meeting that he was taking campaign money from big oil. So as woke as stupid Robert O'Rourke is, he's still not woke enough. So let me let me hear this I clip here. You also said recently that you were willing to not take any uh, contributions from PACs and lobbyists and fossil fuel execs. But I read recently that you took some contributions from fossil fuel. Uh, Tens of thousands of dollars. But I know that we can win and build uh, a better future. So I'm asking you, will you take the no fossil fuel money pledge, which means you won't take any contributions from executives, fossil fuel executives, lobbyists, or PACs that are over $200. This still allows um, fossil fuel employees to contribute to campaigns because they deserve to. And I know that we can build a better future. So What's will you take the no fossil fuel money pledge and do this with us? Thank you for being here. Uh, as you mentioned, oh, I don't take PAC money and have not taken PAC money for uh, approaching five years now as a member of Congress, as a Senate candidate, and now a candidate for the presidency. Um, as you may also know, I take no money from any lobbyist for any organization. $250 from a Chevron lobbyist on March 29th. Oh, my you know God. What? I'll give you the microphone. Here you go. <laughs> oh, he's just handing her the microphone. Oh, he's so cut. I was really inspired to see that you oh, said you would God. not take money from fossil fuels. But I looked it up and you did. You took the max contribution two hundred and fifty bucks different fossil fuel industry CEOs and executives and a lobbyist from Chevron in March 29th. And that just makes it hard for us to believe that you're going to keep your promises oh my God. to address the climate crisis. 
So we want to know, do you stand with us and the millions of people whose lives are being affected by the climate crisis, those people in Houston? How? How? And if you How is do, your life being will you affected? prove it today by returning that dirty money and signing the no fossil fuel money pledge? No. Thanks for the, the question. Say no. So you're right. I was just told as we drove in that we accepted on, on one of the last days of the FEC filing period a check from the lobbyist. We are returning that check from the lobbyist. Okay, very good. Yes, the sheep like that one. Okay, stupid Robert. God, you guys. I, I would take crazy Bernie and Kamala the cop over stupid Robert Menton O'Rourke all day long. Although... I don't know. Maybe I should revise that because now if he won somehow, if he pulled it off and then he beat Trump, he would be like, he would make fucking Obama look right wing, right? He would be a lot of fun to beat up every week, but obviously he'd be doing tremendous damage. So I, I can't really in good faith uh, go for it. So that is your uh, political roundup, you guys. So that's where we go. Uh, that's where we have. And speaking of Robert O'Rourke, uh, I don't know if you saw he had a campaign event yesterday at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, and only like 30 people showed up. So he's he's spent already. He's his fucking flack. He's a flaxid penis is what he is. Old bet though. Okay, uh let's 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 move on. Fuck. <laughs> Can't handle it anymore. Guys, pop quiz. I've said his name a few times. Who is Omar Khadr? And I want to thank my Canadian listeners for sending this to me. Well, Omar Cotter is that uh, terrorist who killed one of our Army Special Forces operators. You remember that? And he was convicted of the death of U.S. Army Sergeant Christopher Spear while he was working as an Al-Qaeda operative in Afghanistan. And then, remember, he was detained for nearly a decade in Guantanamo Bay. And he challenged the Canadian government in court for violating his human rights, so he's being set free. Well, the reason he's in the news is because a Canadian broadcasting corporation, the state television, you know, the, you know, like the BBC in England, they have the CBC. They decided to feature Omar Khadr as an Easter Sunday talk show guest. You fucking believe these people? Uh, who? Uh, it's, it's shocking to me, you guys. The people who go into media and politics, in, at least in America and Canada... They are really the worst people on the face of this earth. I can't even, I can't even, it boggles my mind. Why would you do that? And this is publicly funded television, your tax money. Ah, uh, shocking. I mentioned earlier about the new fad is for leftists. They want to let everybody out of jail, right? And that's not just here in California. They're doing it in in uh, Texas as well. Yeah, you know, I know Texas is the big red state, right? Well, not for long. You're going to be blue in the next 10 years, trust me. But the Dallas County Criminal uh, District Attorney, John Cruzote, he has announced he no longer plans to prosecute certain low-level crimes. He's already dismissed more than 1,000 drug possession cases during his first three months in office. Yes. He will no longer prosecute many first-time marijuana offenses or any drug possession cases involving less than 0.01 grams of a drug. Okay, this is this is where it starts. Okay, trust me, there's going to be a lot more than those just outlined. And he also said he will no longer prosecute theft cases involving personal items worse than seven worth less than 750 bucks. 
So uh, th- they're just not going to prosecute anyone. So now all these mischief crimes are just going to go on. I don't know what to do. This is like the new social justice thing is just letting everybody out of prison. It's, it's fascinating to me. Well, it would be fascinating if it wasn't so uh, insane. Oh, man. Okay, I tweeted this one out at BK Actual Podcast. This is funny. Uh, there was a firefighters gala in Denver during the annual Denver Fire Department. Uh, they have this fundraiser. And they're in a little bit of trouble because they auctioned off a sex toy. <laughs> it was raffled off. And, of course, Denver's fire chief, mayor, and manager of safety condemned the action as inappropriate. Uh, it, was, it was very bad. It happened at a downtown Denver hotel during this charity ball. And pictures that eventually floated around on social media uh, showed a fire department lieutenant prominently displaying the Manny the Fireman sex toy during the raffle. The novelty sex toy then made the rounds. And some firefighters, spouses, and girlfriends posed in a photo booth with the sexual aid. Now, CB, the local Denver station is far too uh, uh, modest to, to display the sex toy. But uh, so if any of you guys find pictures of it, please send that along. Another big topic on this show is our, you know, self-preservation eroding. And another one, you guys know I've been all over the Grand Canyon deaths. Well, we had another one. 70-year-old woman died when she fell off the south rim of the Grand Canyon. That is the fourth fatality at the National Park in the past month. The woman was apparently walking on the south rim when she veered off a trail. Don't go off the trails. I don't know what you're doing. And you're 70. You know, you're not like some 24-year-old dude full of piss and vinegar. You're 70 and you're going off the trail. What are you thinking, lady? And she did fall 200 feet to her death. I'm just waiting. See, what they're going to do is put in all kinds of ugly, disgusting, you know, barriers. You know, that now we have to have all these barriers because these dummies can't stay away from the edge. Another perennial favorite of this podcast, you guys, come on, top three, what are they? You know what they are. Well, this is definitely top three. It's the fake hate crimes, right? And thank you to my Canadian listeners. Several of you sent me this one because, yes, it's not just an American thing. It happens in Canada as well. And this is at a Winnipeg cafe called the Burmax Cafe and Bistro. And this is owned by a family who is being accused of staging an anti-Semitic attack at their own restaurant. So, the family that operates the restaurant, who are Jewish, told police they'd been the victims of a hate crime. The alleged owner, named Oksana Berent, had been assaulted, and the restaurant was ransacked and spray-painted with hateful graffiti. And, of course, again, this is Canada, so they don't say what the graffiti read, unfortunately. But you guys will never guess what happens next. Police are now alleging the owners had staged the whole things. And all three members of the family that run the restaurant, they're all, um, it's like a couple and their son, are being charged with public mischief. And their lease has now been terminated as well. So court records um, show that the parents were ordered last August to pay $112,000 to the Business Development Bank of Canada for a loan that had not been repaid. So, 
Oh, and the son, the adult son, was also sued for $43,000 in alleged credit card debt. Okay, so it's kind of fucking dropping in the picture what happened here. They thought, hey, you know what? We're going to say that a bunch of Nazis broke in, you know, broke in here and sprayed, you know, kill the Jews. And then we're going to launch a GoFundMe. We'll raise quickly a million bucks from all the white liberal Canadians. And boom, presto, money problems go away, which is a sound plan. It very much in today's society, are you kidding me? It's a great plan. The problem is you have to be smart enough not to get caught. And most criminals are not smart, contrary to what you fucking watch on Law and Order. And they always get caught, just about all the time. So uh yeah, so it's not just an American thing. That's uh that's great. Very good. And let's see what else do I got. Oh, let's talk. God, you guys, the, the sex abuse, it never ends. It's, it's really shocking. I've marveled before at like, wow, I never really knew it was this many people. And then I started doing this podcast and it's like just week after week, couple stories here, at least 120 priests accused of sexually abusing a child or having child pornography have worked in the Archdiocese of New York the Archdiocese said on Friday, yesterday, and they are releasing a list of names that include bishops, high school teachers, a scouting chaplain, and a notorious cardinal. This is following uh, demands for transparency about sex abuse by clergy. And Cardinal Timothy Dolan wrote in a letter to church members, they realized the shame that has come upon our church due to the sexual abuse of minors. Yeah. Okay. Pretty wild. And in addition to that, you guys probably saw the Boy Scouts. This is another fucking target-rich environment, as we would say. An expert who has been working with the Boy Scouts revealed that there may have been as many as 7,819 sexually abusive troop leaders and volunteers, according to newly released court documents. And they say those more than 7,800 individuals allegedly abused over 12,000 victims. My, this is so much more widespread than I ever thought it was, you guys. I thought, okay, like when I, you know, when I was a young man, I figured, okay, maybe like what? One every, one in every 50,000 dudes is attracted to little boys. It's so much more. This is the Boy Scout. These are 7,800 dudes who are into little boys. It's it's Boy Scout Boy Scout specific, right? Holy shit! Now this these figures were released by Attorney Jeff Anderson, whose firm regularly represents victims of sex abuse. He has been involved in numer- numerous clerical sexual abuse cases, so he's got some street cred on this. Not like he's just making it up. Unbelievable. And they actually, you know, the Boy Scouts actually have private files. It's the the Boy Scouts have a like a, a file of ineligible volunteers, and that's sometimes been referred to as the perversion files. It was all dudes and scout leaders that the Boy Scouts found out were messing with kids, so they like fucking took them out of the Boy Scouts, but never contacted law enforcement around. That was the big problem. Wow. Now, recall that earlier this year, state lawmakers in New York passed the Child Victims Act, and that allows claims of sexual abuse from any time period to be brought forward in spite of existing statutes of limitations. Ugh, man, incredible. Far more widespread than I ever thought it possible. 
Okay, uh, what else? Um, I, we had some military news, and one of you guys did send me this one, so thank you very much. I keep the, you guys you wonder why like I have all these stories. It's mostly you all sending them to me, so keep it up. I really appreciate it. And we had a first uh, African-American female soldier to graduate the United States Army Ranger School. Now, again, this is not to be confused with she is a ranger. She graduated a uh, ranger school, which is it's not really, you're not a ranger. I've gone over this distinction a few times. However, it's a difficult school. It's, you know, so good on her. Uh, she's a sergeant first class. 29 years old, and she now joins more than a dozen women who have completed the grueling 62-day course. Uh, so, good for her. And I like it, it, guys, like I said last week about you know the females, you know it's like Big Mike, my combat controller buddy who did the uh, SOCOM athlete event with me, said it's like, dude, this train is going. So you can either fucking stand on the sidelines bitching about it, or you can. Get on board and hopefully help prepare the best candidates. You know, that's where I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, again, like I told you last week, like I've told females their faces. If it was up to me, I would not have females in the infantry or special operations, but that ship has sailed. It's not up to me. So I can be one of these old farts who stands on the sidelines shrieking, not in my military, or I can help mentor some of these young women and make sure they're the very best candidates we can possibly have. So I'm choosing to do the second one. And it's no joke. Uh, so graduate, graduating from Ranger School, so good on her. I mean, we're going to see some effects when these women actually start joining Ranger Battalion and units like that. Remember, Ranger School doesn't mean you're in the U.S. Army Rangers. Different thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, speaking... I should have had this with my fake hate crime story, but just as an update, you guys. Do you remember the uh, Osindaro brothers? Yeah, those were the two Nigerian-American brothers who were uh, implicated in the attack on actor Jussie Smollett, heavily covered here. They are filing a lawsuit against Jussie Smollett's attorney, Mark Garagos, famous for defending Scott Peterson, who killed his pregnant wife, Lacey. And remember, and remember Mark Garagos actually said in court that they think it was like a band of Satanists in a brown van that got Lacey and kidnapped her. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. Oh, he's also the guy who defended Michael Jackson for many years, too. So you know he's a fucking class act. Now, they're suing the attorney and said, you are slandering us by accusing us of committing a hate crime. Uh, their names are Ola and Abel Osendero. And uh, Smollett's lawyers have stated that their client was a wholly innocent victim, but that the brothers unequivocally led a criminally homophobic, racist, and violent attack against Smollett. And Garagos and his lawyers are saying this lawsuit is comical. Now, this is interesting, you know, because I hope the Nigerian, you know, I've talked to before about how Nigerians love Trump. They do. They do. Now, these are Nigerian-Americans, so a little bit different. They grew up here, born here, grew up here. You know, they've adapted to the culture a little bit. But Nigerians overseas love Trump, right? Now, I wonder if, like, the Nigerians are going to take a look at some of their sons here getting railroaded by the social justice warriors and become even more determinedly pro-Trump. I'm just curious. Oh, and I don't have it in front of me, but I heard in another story that one of the brothers did bang Smollett. At least one time. Okay? So, 
Not that that really has anything to do with the case. I just thought it was funny. Remember, Smollett is gay. Oh, God. Yeah. Fucking banged him right out and then committed a fake hate crime. It's fucking too funny. Okay, quick economic news, you guys. A couple quick hits. Let's get through that. Uh, So, we had a blowout. First quarter of economic growth, as the GDP showed. And they were wondering if the you know U.S. economy was contracting. Well, the first quarter activity showed surprising strength. The U.S. economy expanded at a 3.2% annual pace in the first three months of 2018. That gain was well above forecasts. And they think uh, some of this has to do with a sharp upturn in state and local government spending. Uh, so the value of inventories of companies increased to $128 billion from $96 billion. That's huge. And the trade sector, uh, grew, the exports grew and imports dropped. So our trade deficit shrunk. All very good news. Like I said, you guys, you got to tune out all these, uh, resistance nut job naysayers. I keep telling you, America is crushing it right now. A few individual companies. How about this? How about Microsoft? Microsoft is now a trillion-dollar company. That's right. Its earnings blew out estimates uh, by a comfortable margin. The stock, Microsoft stock, has climbed 34% in the last year. And uh, their earnings were $1.14 per share, and their revenue was $30 billion versus $29 billion expected. So yes, their market cap, which again is found by multiplying the number of shares by the share price, is now over a million dollars. And sales jumped 14% in the last quarter. They are killing it. Who else is killing it? Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Amazon is now trying, now Amazon is pivoting to one day delivery free. Isn't that crazy? They have doubled their profit in the first three months of 2019. But they are say they are going to eat into their earnings a little bit because they want to offer that free next-day air shipping for Prime customers. They reported record earnings for the fourth consecutive quarter. Uh, and they did project a sharp reduction in operating profit for the current period. And when they were asked about the guidance, the chief financial officer did say, well, we want to spend $800 million to change prime free delivery times from two days to one. That's going to cost them money. They're trying to ward off Walmart and all the others. Wow. Just continually, just Amazon, just on, just a juggernaut. How could you compete with that? Now, another company that kicked ass, Facebook. Yes, Facebook, with all the trouble they're in legally and everything else, they are still... Uh, killing it. Now, they have set aside $3 billion because they think they're going to get fined by the FTC. Uh, but first quarter's Facebook sales jumped 26%, and monthly visitors at Facebook's main site did top projections. So shares jumped as much as 8.7%. And Facebook shares have gained 50% so far this year. Just, man. That's <laughs> what. What do you, what do you, th- do you still, do you dummies not know that you know how they made all that money? You don't, do you? Yes, they are selling your information. Just get it. They are sucking up all your information with a vacuum and they're selling it to every marketing company they can. That's how they make all that money. And finally, one company that did not do so well. 
that we've all heard of, Tesla. Yes, it was a very difficult quarter for Tesla, who also reported earnings. Uh, their, their stock fell. Uh, they had delivery delays. They had price discounts on the Model 3, and they burned through cra cash like crazy. They posted an adjusted loss per share of $2.90 per share. Wow, that's a lot. The consensus analyst uh, view was a $1.30 loss per share. So they more than doubled what the analysts thought they were going to lose. Uh, their first quarter revenue missed expectations. They had $4.5 billion in revenue against uh, sales of $4.8 billion. And yeah, they're, uh, it's, not, it's not good. Everybody is basically writing them off. They're saying Elon Musk is uh, full of shit. He doesn't tell the truth. And I guess maybe they're right. We'll see what happens. Let's turn to California, and I have mentioned we got a Me Too story, a little man-on-man -man Me Too story. <laughs> Dude, I've talked about this guy before, They, but they d detailed some of the allegations. The former chairman of the California Democratic Party, Eric Bauman, is being uh, sued. And a former staffer says that Chairman Bauman forcibly performed oral sex on him several times. And that the party, the Democrats, failed to respond appropriately to his behavior. So this is Bauman's former assistant, William Floyd, who's suing uh, Bauman, the state party, and the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, uh, alleging sexual harassment, assault, battery, negligence, and civil rights violations. Okay, guys, get this. He, at one point... Uh, Floyd alleges Bauman first assaulted him in 2016 at a hotel where they were staying for a meeting of the L.A. County Democratic Party. Floyd says he fell asleep while in a hotel room with Bauman and two other party members. When he woke up, he and Bauman were alone, and Bauman was performing oral sex on him. <laughs> Jesus. And then the lawsuit also details two other incidents where Floyd says Bauman forced him to submit to oral sex. Okay, well, wait a minute. Who's doing what in that sentence? They don't see this is why I hate about our modern media. This is why I use the tabloid saw because they give all the gory details. So, wait, Bauman forced you to submit to oral sex? Does that mean he was forcing you to suck him off, or he forced you to lay there while he blew you? You know what I'm saying? Like, which fucking one is it? I mean, neither one is acceptable. You're a grown man, bro. Dude, how are you going to let some dude—how how do you let some dude do that? Uh, believe me, I've been asked to fucking if a guy could blow me before, all right? And my answer was always— Fuck no, get out of my face. Yes, I know. You wouldn't believe it, but gay men do have a thing for your humble, tall, dark, handsome host. They really do. And I, I'm, I, So I don't know. You're a grown man, bro. When you're like, oh, I really need this job. So yeah, sure, I guess I'll suck you off. <laughs> I just can't. I can't fathom it. Ugh. Bauman, he's no good. Uh, and speaking of oral sex... Uh, the judge, let's turn quickly an update of the Robert Kraft situation. Now they are saying the sex tape will be released after Robert Kraft is being afforded a fair trial. Um, 
So I'm very confused about the way this is written as I'm scanning ahead. Okay, I'm just going to read you what it says. Here's what the Palm Beach Post says. I'm reading. The public will not be seeing videos of New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft allegedly receiving sex at a Jupiter Day Spa until his case is resolved, a circuit court judge said. In his order, the judge said that Kraft's right to a fair trial trumps the media's request for the video to be released immediately. However, the videos that reportedly show him paying for and receiving sex acts will be released as soon as the trial jury is selected a plea agreement is reached, the state drops the charges, or the court determines Kraft's right to a fair trial will not be at risk. Uh, okay. Well, from... well, Okay, so right now they're saying that uh, the judge says, yo, these videos are public record, and I do not agree with Robert Kraft's attorney's argument that the video violates his right to privacy. Well, that's my question from the beginning, you guys. I don't have a problem with him keeping the video, like, hidden, but... Unless they do the, unless they do this to, if it was some poor guy, right? In other words, what I'm trying to say as I'm babbling is that is it common practice to release video of these sex sting operations of the dudes? Is is that common practice? Okay, then if it is, then yes, Robert Kraft is no different from that. This shouldn't matter that he's a millionaire. So I don't. I still don't know the answer to that. I don't know why no journalist will answer that fucking question to me. Is there do do Palm does the local sheriff department do this as a routine thing? Release these videos? I don't know. Now this was interesting. Uh, a court, a federal appeals court, ruled Monday that chalking vehicles. You guys know the parking Nazis. They said that it's a violation of your Fourth Amendment. That's great. The city of Saginaw, Michigan, was sued. Because you guys know, or maybe you don't, a lot of people, uh, municipalities use that chalk stick. You know, they, they just mark your tire to see how long you've been there. And if it's more than two hours, then they give you a ticket. And this one chick got 15 parking tickets in just a few years, and she decided to go after the city. And specifically, one particular parking enforcement officer named Tabitha Hoskins... <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of her 15 tickets was issued by the same chick after she had marked a tire with chalk and then circled back to see if the car had moved. So she argued that chalking is unconstitutional. They're saying that trespassing upon a privately owned vehicle parked on a public street to place a chalk mark to begin gathering information to ultimately impose a government sanction is unconstitutional under the Fourth Amendment. And a three-judge panel of the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals Unanimously agreed. They said, yes, chalking tires is a kind of trespass. Hmm. I mean, I, nobody likes the parking people, right? But, hey, you guys hear me bitching since I have a San Diego City Council that is letting people live in their cars. I want the parking people out here. That's the only way they move their goddamn cars. Oh, this one is funny, too. I almost forgot about this. Did you guys see that... MSNBC was getting shit on all week because they ambushed Robert Mueller outside church. And this was curious to me because I saw a lot of conservatives coming to the defense of Mueller saying, how dare they? And I get it, you guys. Everybody wants to crush MSNBC in the, for whatever reason. I get it. But I'm like, okay, am I, am I wrong here? First of all, this is a very public figure in charge of one of the most consequential investigations in United States history, and he's never fucking talked to the press. Why shouldn't, why does he get a pass? Why? Because he's St. Robert III? 
And then the other part was that, yeah, I don't think, I don't see what to be, let's, and, and then everybody cry facing about Robert Mueller, who, let's recall, Robert Mueller is the guy who sent a freaking SWAT team of 25 dudes to go roust Roger Stone out of his house at like four in the morning. Not that I have any sympathy for Roger Stone or anything. I'm just saying, Mueller can be like a pretty hardcore guy swinging his big dick around, going to get, a, like I said, a 25-man FBI SWAT team to go get an old man out of bed at four in the morning. But all you conservatives are just super mad because what? Because a guy sticks a mic in his face? Fuck that. I don't have any sympathy. Let me, you know, I have the video here. Uh, let me, yeah, let's uh, hear how this goes. Uh, this is, they have the name of the reporter here. Uh, yeah, this is uh, reporter Mike Viquera. And he's the guy who's uh, going after Mueller in this clip, if I can. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, see, this is the problem with these websites. Let me just pull this up on Twitter. This is probably a lot easier. Uh, here we go. Here's a. Uh, here he is. Can I ask you a couple of questions? We testify before Congress, sir. No, no comment. Are you sure about that, sir? Sure. If, no if he were anybody but the president, would Mr. Trump be indicted, sir? Now that you finished, sir, why didn't you make a recommendation to Congress one way or the other, sir? Are you going on vacation at least Did the Attorney General accurately characterize your positions on conspiracy and obstruction, sir? <laughs> and he closes the door and he drives off. Okay, again, yeah, I, I don't have any sense. What, what's the big? What's the big deal? Oh, it's Easter Sunday, BK. I don't give a shit. And for all the people who are. Because it was funny, the liberals were pissed off that MSNBC did this because this is St. Robert, right? This is their hero, even though he didn't deliver the goods, really. But he's still their hero. So the liberals were pissed off at him. The conservatives were pissed off because he's at church. If it was anybody else, dude, nobody would care. Like, do you think the uh, liberals would be mad if an MSNBC reporter was shouting questions at Trump leaving an Easter Sunday church service? No, of course they wouldn't, and they shouldn't be. So, I don't know. I didn't get that. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm way out of bounds, probably, like usual. What else is new? Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's, uh, oh, this is great. This is going around the internet as well. A police officer was conducting an arrest, and some SJW decided to challenge them, and they wanted to record this. You know, they wanted to be a citizen journalist, and the, uh, the cop, man, I listened only a minute. I, I barely, I listened a few seconds of this, and the cop handled this so well. I thought I'd play the whole clip. And the cop comes over and is like, yo, you can, you can film all you want. Don't interfere with my officer making an arrest. He's like a supervisor, right? And he comes over. So I'm going to play. This is about two minutes long. And I just want to play the whole thing because then the person filming starts going on a yammering rant about like, well, this is because he's a brown person. And the cop's like, you're an idiot. So let, uh, let's hear this. I'm not going to disclose that information. Let me give you some advice. That's when the you're on a traffic stop, you are not legally allowed to walk up and interfere with our traffic stop. You can stand back and record as much as you want to. But if you interfere with the traffic stop again, I'm going to arrest you for interfering. Okay. Do you understand that? Don't ever interfere when one of my guys is on a traffic stop. Okay? My name is Sergeant Dave Ernst. I'm with the State Police Gang Task Force. All right? This is your last warning. If you ever walk up on one of my officers during a traffic stop, I will place you under arrest. All right. You good? Yes. All right. You're free to go. Okay. Did you want to talk to us? Am I being detained? What? No, you are never detained. Okay. Never. <laughs> is that person being detained? He was None of your business. None of your business. I think it is my business. How is it your business? Because I'm a human being and I... You have no interest in that traffic stop whatsoever. 
It's none of your business. There is a lot of it's racial profiling of in this oh, town. Shut up with that crap. Okay. Yes. Excuse me. We have a live video going right now. Who's being racially profiled? That individual. For for being in a gang. For what? Exactly. Just being brown. For being brown. Yes. Wow. You are you are about as ignorant as I've ever met. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah, my Maybe goodness. You're the one who's making these things happen. Sir. Oh my God. Yes. You guys, go do something else. Go have fun. Go do something. It's Friday night, man. Don't be such an idiot. Put that on the website for me. Yes. And he walks off. Good for you, officer. Yes, and I, I, it doesn't show the people filming or that dude who chimes in. I'm assuming they're both white liberals, a.k.a. the worst class of people in the United States, by far, not even close. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's, uh, a few uh, immigration notes. I don't want to go on and on about this, but yes, a couple of you guys sent me the five-time deported illegal alien who's been charged with kicking a baby to death. Yeah, you didn't hear about this on MSNBC, did you? Yeah, Carlos Aviles, a 33-year-old illegal alien from the Honduras, um, decided to kick a four-month-old baby to death in Tennessee after learning the child was not his. Hmm, that's nice. And became enraged with the baby's mother, Mercy Chacon, after learning he was not the father. Wow. Yep, he'd been deported from the U.S. a total of five times, but fucking wouldn't you know it, you guys? He's back. Wow, isn't that isn't that insane? If only we had some sort of uh, I don't know how do I say that? a large like kind of like barrier of some sort, you know? I don't know what we could call it. One uh, top border agents. This is in the Blaze, which normally I don't link to, but they link to a long interview, and I didn't. I can't play the whole interview because it's like twenty minutes long. But a uh, a spokesman. He's the deputy chief patrol agent of the Yuma sector, named Carl Landrum. He said on Fox News that, quote, only 6% of the people crossing the border are expressing a credible fear and requesting asylum, end quote. And he's talking specifically about the Yuma sector, but still. Have you, guys, how many times have you heard them ranting about asylum seekers? And they act like every, all 100,000 people arrested in just the month of March are seeking asylum. And this guy's like, not, only 6% even fucking bring it up. The rest of them are just like, we, yeah, you got us, whatever. I keep telling you, the entire thing is fraudulent, the messaging is fraudulent, and the Republican politicians are too cowardly to go on record and correct all these lies. But that's uh, been the case for quite a long time. Uh, a few more, just quick uh, uh, illegal immigration stories. Come on, pop-ups are killing me, dude. Uh, we had a driver got 12 years for the deaths of two Texan motorcyclists. This actually happened in 2018, but he's just been sentenced as well as in the news. And he is an El Salvadorian driver, and uh, yes, he was residing in the country illegally. And yet he still managed to get a job. So how did he manage to get that job? Sadly, the newspaper doesn't bother asking that question. He was driving like a, pick, uh, a big rig. Nearly 100,000 immigrants who entered the U.S. illegally graduate from U.S. high schools each year. <laughs> That's insane. And all of them are going to have lots of kids who will vote for Democrats by 85%. So there you go. Who will have great sympathy for open borders. 
so that's uh, and then remember, all the stupid Republicans are going to sit around wondering how Texas turned blue, right? Uh, now I have a clip from another Border Patrol spokesman, and he is saying that kids are being rented, like I alluded to earlier, to an adult to format a fraudulent family unit. So what I've said till I'm blue in the face. So let's uh. Let's listen to this gentleman. Trafficked through multiple countries and put through uh, terrible conditions. You know, if we don't do something to stop this, if, if we don't make a stand on the border security and immigration problem right now, there's going to be more of these kids that are going to be subjected to some serious harm. We've had over 550 fraudulent families uh, that we've detected in Yuma, and we know we've missed many, many more simply because we're overwhelmed with the sheer numbers. And so those are kids that are being rented, for lack of a better word, to a, an adult to form a, a fraudulent family unit so that they can be released in the United States and then that child be recycled back to its country of origin, usually uh, Guatemala in our case here in Yuma. Really, if you think about it, it's human trafficking. Yes, it There's is. There's probably more cases like that happening across all nine southwest border sectors uh, on any given day. You can walk through any of our processing centers, and you can see that there are potentially parents or adults with children that there may not be a familial relationship. We're trying to identify those cases. Uh, we're trying to take some biographical information from both the adult and some of the children, so we can make sure that people are traveling with who they say they uh, should be traveling with. Okay, there you go. And, and not that it should matter, but one of those Border Patrol spokesmen is a Latino gentleman. Not that it should matter, but, you know, that's not the kind of world we live in. Uh, and the Pope is now, the Vatican, is now sending aid to migrants stranded at our border. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Because this, this is the lifeblood of the Catholic Church now. Now that they've been outed as a bunch of fucking pedophiles and basically a den of homosexuals. I've told you guys about that book I read in the closet of the Vatican. That book had a whole section on Latin America. And one of John Paul II's, like, favorite dudes was, like, the head cardinal in Latin America. And this dude was, like, a notorious fucking gay man who banged and sexually abused many, many, many boys. I know, you good Catholics, you all revered John Paul II, right? He was no better than fucking any of the other ones. So, naturally, they have an interest in their future congregants, so he's sending aid to migrants who are stranded at the U.S. border. They've donated $500,000 to assist migrants sitting in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Pope. Whatever. What else? Um, a woman has been, was this also in Canada? Yes, this is also in Canada. This woman, they're calling her an Ultewa woman. Is that a tribe or is that a region? I'm not sure. They say an Ultewa woman is facing charges of child and animal abuse after investigators say pornographic photos and videos were found on her cell phone. She's 33 years old and they found a number of child porn images on her phone. Investigators said one video shows her sexually abusing a child. Another video shows her digitally penetrating a dog and providing an explicit narrative. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
digitally penetrating. She's jamming her fingers into a dog, you guys, and, and talking uh, sex and sexting about it, apparently. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you... This one kind of flew under the radar, too. How much time do I have? All right, keep going. Did you hear about this guy who ran over a bunch of people near San Francisco, Sunnyvale? Yes, this was a 34-year-old man... And he picked up food for his Bible study group and was on his way to the gathering when cops say he intentionally veered his car into eight pedestrians onto a Sunnyvale street. Now, they still don't know what the motives are. Uh, If it's like some kind of hate crime or what. Um, It looks like he... It's hard to say. It looks like he's African American. I, I some I don't know some ethnicity. He looks non-white, but I don't know. And they did charge him with eight counts of attempted murder. And where is the fucking guy? I swear I'm going down. I'm going. I have to go down the story because the dude's name is not even in the first like five paragraphs. And indeed. They don't have his, let's see, there's a first paragraph. There, okay, here we go. Isaiah Peoples is the guy's name, right? And they don't know. But they do have like a 13-year-old girl remaining in critical condition. A 9-year-old boy suffered minor injuries. Uh, but luckily nobody was killed. Now, Peoples did serve in the Army from 2004 until 2006 and was honorably discharged. I did see something about his, a, a, a a relative? Was it his mom? It's not in this story for some reason. His mom was claiming he has, like, PTSD. And investigators are looking into that because his mom said, like, oh, he has PTSD related to his military service. And she called him, she referred to him as a sharpshooter. So, curious about that. We'll see what happens. Remember last week I told you about those nuts, the the militia group trying to detain the immigrants? And what did I say, you guys? I said, you guys better not do this because this is going to end badly for you. I said that, didn't I? Well, (laughs) the leader of the group was arrested, and since then he's been attacked in jail. Dude, if you're going to form a militia, you fucking better do the best. You have to have everything the I's dotted and the T's crossed and the weapons legal and everybody's got to be vetted. You can't have any felon. Because this guy was charged as being a felon in, tra- in possession of weapons, which you can't do. Because you know the fucking FBI is going to come take a look at you, so you better have all your shit in order. Well, this guy clearly didn't. He's some crazy nut. Uh, this was 69-year-old Larry Hopkins. And now he's in the hospital with broken ribs after being attacked on Tuesday at the Las Cruces, New Mexico Detention Center. They arrested him. He is the leader of the United Constitutional Patriots groups on charges of being a felon in possession of a firearm and ammunition dating back to a 2017 investigation. His group has abandoned the camp, and this departure came after state officials and civil liberties groups accused them of violating migrants' rights. Well, yo, not the precious illegal aliens. You knew they were going to come down hard on you. So I tried to warn them. Fucking dumb hillbillies. Luke Walton, a former Lakers coach. Boy, he's, this sounds like a serious investigation. He's having a Me Too moment. Uh, he, Luke Walton, he was just hired by the Sacramento Kings to be their new coach. Well, they have launched an investigation into him because there are allegations that 
He sexually assaulted a female reporter in April of 2016 when he was an assistant for the Golden State Warriors. And the investigation comes three days after a former reporter named Kelly Tennant filed a civil lawsuit against Walton. And he is, she, sorry, is accusing the 39-year-old former L.A. Lakers coach of sexually assaulting her in his Santa Monica hotel room. She says that he repeatedly groped and pressed into her despite her pleas for him to stop. And she said she did not report the incident to police uh, because she did not want to lose her job with the Lakers television broadcast partner, a job that she has since left. Now, she says the lawyer for her says her client is not seeking jail time or a designated amount of money for Walton. He is maintaining his innocence. I do have a clip from her press conference in which she kind of lays it out, so let's see what she sounds like. Here we go. I walked up to the hotel with him and continued to tell myself not to overthink it and that I could trust him. Out of nowhere, he got on top of me and pinned me down to the bed and held my arms down with all of his weight while he kissed my neck and my face and my chest. And as I kept asking him to please stop and to get off, he laughed at me. Oh, she's kind of composing herself a little bit. Okay, well, I mean, I mean, that's that's it. So, I mean, he's not going to get any jail time. So, but yeah, I'd be shocked if the Sacramento Kings keep him on. Well, you got to watch your where your rounds end up, right? When you're doing any kind of shooting, and uh, this next story does illustrate that too. Uh, Elk Grove. This is in California. Police officers are recovering from gunshot wounds they accidentally gave each other while chasing down a suspect. <clears throat> Excuse me. This happened last Saturday night. And uh, police uh, got a call about a guy with possibly a gun. And so officers showed up. And one officer was on either side of the suspect facing each other. The suspect then reportedly moved towards one of the officers with his hands near his waistband, and that's when the officer started firing, hitting both the suspect and each other. All three men were taken to the hospital. Each officer suffered a non-life-threatening wound to their lower leg. Uh, so the suspect has been identified as a 41-year-old man. He is still being treated by his injuries, so he is also... Uh, going to be okay. So, could have been worse. Let's talk about this one. You know, guys, how many times have you heard stupid California politicians ripping Trump about the tax cuts, right? And 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 when if they're so concerned with taxes, why don't they ever talk about the massive tax burden they're giving us particularly at the fuel pump? California gas prices now are hitting an average of $4 again. This is the highest in the state since 2014. This is the national average is 283. It's freaking ridiculous. You know how much the, and the, the, the gas tax per gallon, just the state one, is 30 cents a gallon. So, if they're so concerned about the money being taken out of your wallet, you ever notice it's stupid Feinstein and Gavin Newsom and all the rest of our clowns running the state? None of them ever suggest doing that. That would that's money immediately in your pocket if they were to slash the state fuel tax, which is higher than everybody else's. Because one, it affects everybody other than you electric car drivers. 
And that would be an instantaneous saving. That's a lot of money. 30, bu- 30 cents a gallon? That's a lot. So uh, they're doing the usual thing where they're blaming like the summer versus winter blend or some nonsense. It's stupid. So I would like to pay less for my gas because it is getting out of control. And it's shot up. It was like like two months ago, it was like 320 And now it's like 4 bucks. I don't get it. Uh, back to some international news. I just saw the headline, and of course it piqued my interest. Uh, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, he has expressed horror over the 1,000 penis amputations that occur each year in the country, including those due to a lack of basic hygiene. He said the figure of 1,000 is ridiculous and sad. And he says this is all about hygiene. This is not people who want to become transgender. He said, in Brazil, we have a hundred, we have, I'm sorry. In Brazil, we have a thousand penis amputations a year due to a lack of water and soap. He, he, he did not specify the source of his number, but this sounds legit because a spokeswoman for the Brazilian Urology Society said his figure is based on official data for penis amputations, which is apparently prevalent enough that they have official data about it. Uh, the society said many of the amputations were necessita- necessitated by untreatable infections, along with cancers and complications from HIV. Well, yeah, okay, well, wash your fucking dirty penises. Brazilians, man. Fucking savages down there. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just talking shit. Uh, what else? Um, a, <laughs> there's, I have a few funny ones in a row here. A 25-year-old assisted living worker scammed a 78-year-old man out of $5,000 and secretly recorded him performing a sex act on her, which she used to blackmail him when he demanded the money back. Okay, you guys, you guys tracking on all that? Shatara Rogers was charged with identity theft for financial gain, theft of movable property, and this is a good charge, capturing an intimate representation without consent. So she's working at this assisted living community. This guy's wife was also there, but she just died. And uh, the man started giving this chick food and money for gas, and then later he noticed large sums of money being withdrawn from his bank accounts. He confronted Rogers, who then sent him a video she had secretly recorded while he was performing oral sex on her. And basically like, hey, you know, shut up about the money or I'm going to show everybody this video of you fucking chowing my box. She, (laughs) dude, (coughs) the man, well, that didn't work because the man reported her to the police. Uh, so, wow, taking advantage of the elderly. That's not good, man. Not good at all. And then there was another amusing one here. This is another great headline. An Ohio man has stolen $166,000 from his dementia-stricken and partially blind 91-year-old mother. Why? To buy five sex dolls with multiple heads. Yeah. This guy is 59 years old, and it wasn't just the sex dolls. He also bought adult toys lingerie and wigs. Oh, this is great. 
So he used his incapacitated his mom's credit cards and money for her bank accounts to pay for online sex shows and various fetish items. And yes, they did find five silicone dolls, the five full-on sex robots with the multiple heads, which that's great. And they also seized a couple laptops and a computer. God forbid. God knows what's on those things. And he allegedly spent some of his disabled mother's money on Cam and Web Girls, who performed sexual acts while he watched on the computer screen. <laughs> nice, nice son you have there. God damn. Uh, and then uh, a couple other some people in trouble. Uh, law enforcement employees got in a, a little bit of trouble as well. Four prison guards in Texas have been fired because they posted stuff on Instagram while making jokes about gassing inmates, okay? Have you guys ever heard that meme, you know, when people say they put up a picture, like a selfie, and they're like, feeling cute, might delete later? That's like a meme, right? So one of these corrections officers kind of captioned a selfie by saying, feeling cute might gas some inmates today instead, you know, changing it up. Yeah, well, the inmate families got word of it, and uh, they didn't like it, so they fired those guards. It's always on social media. That's how you fucking get screwed. Uh, This was a sad story. I tweeted this one out. Colonel Gregory Townsend, he was an Army officer. He died on Monday after he was crushed by a car on the side of Highway 460. You know why he stopped? It wasn't even his. He had stopped to help another driver change a tire. But as he finished, the vehicle fell down on him somehow. Oh, God. He was airlifted. Uh, He sadly passed away in the hospital. That's awful. A few other military stories. This one's great, too. I also tweeted this one out. A captain and instructor at the Air Force Academy has been arrested. This is Captain Paul Sycama. And he was taken into custody on a charge of internet luring of a child. Yeah. Officials at the academy say he is a professor. Oh, and online records show he teaches ethics in the philosophy department. Isn't that great? (laughs) Yeah, and he was trying to sex up a young child. But, you know, shockingly, and I know here's the twist that you guys are never going to see coming. He wasn't actually talking to a child on the internet. It was a member of the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Department. So I know! Fucking blows my mind too, you guys. I can't believe it. More military. Nine Coast Guard service members facing criminal drug charges in Alaska. And this investigation has produced charges of cocaine and marijuana distribution, possession, and use. The Coast Guard has not identified the service members. I don't know why not. But the documents indicate they include eight aviation electrical technicians and aviation maintenance technicians at Base Kodiak, Air Station Kodiak, and Air Station Barbers Point. And the ninth is a seaman aboard Coast Guard Cutter Alex Haley who faces a charge of distributing cocaine in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah, a whole fucking drug smuggling ring. Insane. Uh, Yeah, dude, we got a couple of them this week. Um, Michigan, you know, you're up again. A Michigan man was caught on video engaging in sex acts with a woman's dog. Yes, a a woman 
called police and said she was reviewing her home security video footage and saw 18-year-old, that's right, 18-year-old Damian Barton performing sex acts with her Bull Terrier lab mix. Okay, well, and again, our, our media is too uh, highfalutin to detail what those sex acts are. So you guys can uh, fucking use your imagination on that. That's 18 years old and you're already fucking doing dogs. I mean, what? nice life, bro. Jeez. Let's just keep the savagery going. How about this headline? A 24-year-old woman has been arrested after two videos posted on social media showed her raping a four-year-old boy. Yes. This first video showed a woman push a small child to the ground, remove his pants, and then perform a sex act on him. The second reportedly showed the child attempting to engage in a different act on the same adult female. This was 24-year-old Tamara Marion. And they don't even know if, like, um, I assume the kid is related to her somehow. That's how all these freaks get this shit. Oh, man, there's just a lot. Oh, I thought this was great. There's a rapper named Bun B. I had never heard of Bun B. But he got into a shootout at home. A home intruder broke into his house and held his wife, Angela Walls, at gunpoint and attempted to steal her car. Yeah, so this guy knocked on the door of their Port Arthur, Texas home. And when the wife answered the door, the intruder held her at gunpoint and asked for valuables. She offered the intruder her Audi, who, and he was masked. Then, apparently, Bun B heard the situation from upstairs. He grabs his gun, and they confront. he confronted the computer as the two climbed into the car. The two reportedly then had a brief shootout, with the intruder eventually running away and leaving his gun behind. And uh, the individual later turned up at a Houston hospital with a gunshot wound on their shoulder. It's interesting. They just refer to him as they. I used he. I assume it was a man, but the story is saying they. So could it be female? I suppose. But they act like they don't want to say. Well, fucking good. He won't be charged, it sounds like. That's fucking awesome. That's what you do. Guns save lives. Over and over again. Okay. Uh, let me see. This one uh, is another pretty bad one. A husband and wife, both 27, have been both been jailed for 60 years each for sexually abusing and filming at least 25 children. One was aged only eight months old. You know where they met all these kids? At church. And then they babysat them. Christopher and Sarah Almaguer pled guilty. Oh, and they decided to produce a little child pornography while they were at it, too. God damn, dude. Yep, and another uh, one of the one of their relatives was also sentenced to twenty years in federal prison because uh, he got a hold. He was able to receive some of this child pornography. Good God! They say that the Almaguers were serial child abusers. They abused at least twenty five children that they know about, said the district attorney. The youngest victim was an infant. The nature of the abuse was unimaginable. They also made videos of the children's torture and shared them. These are two of the most wicked criminals in Texas history. Good. Yeah, those are such good. But they should be allowed to vote, right, Bernie? 
Yeah, because I want them fucking weighing in on tax policy, Bernie. Fucking idiot. Oh, crazy Bernie. Um, I just want to make sure I don't... I want to, I want to get all the good ones in for sure, because as you guys know, I always have tabs left over. How about this one? This is, this is great. Where's Spotsylvania? Where is that? I don't know. Okay. Oh, Virginia. A man was arrested following an indecent exposure incident in Spotsylvania. And a man said, apparently, he was using his cell phone to take an upskirt photo of a woman shopping in a clothing store. Right? So he's doing that ultra. You know, you hold your phone down there. I don't understand this kink at all, but... You know, you hold your phone down at like, you know, like you're not on it and you stand next to a chick wearing a short skirt and you kind of just like hold it under and take a little picture. So this dude was doing that and then he decided to, this got him so worked up that he left the store and then decided to immediately begin masturbating in, in his car in the parking lot of the store. Like that's how fucking worked up he was. So <laughs> Somebody called the cops. He uh, he left the scene before deputies arrived, so presumably he finished. Uh, they did get the license plate, so uh, they were able to track him down. They reviewed the in-store surveillance video and confirmed his involvement and in what he was doing with the upskirt thing. Oh, this is great! The very last sentence of the story, you guys, you're gonna be. This is gonna blow your minds. Deputies also learned that he was a suspect of another public masturbation incident. No way. <laughs> no, I thought for sure this would have been this perv's first time. I, I, I thought for sure that would be the case. Uh, I have a few other audio clips about the Mueller. I covered that extensively last week, but just it was pretty funny because Bill... I told you you got to be careful because the Democrats aren't letting this go. And I said, you know what? This is going to kind of... You're going to look stupid after a while. So Representative Adam Schiff decided to go on Bill Maher's show. And Bill Maher's a big lib. But even he is like, dude, you've been saying you had all this evidence and you don't have bubkis. So now it looks like you're just a nut. And so let's hear Bill Maher ragging on Adam Schiff. There you go. But, but, but this was our big gun. Now it just looks like you're stalking him. Uh, I, I think in the eyes of the... People who don't follow it that closely. Which That's what is I most said. The country was, yes. Here's the thing about Bob Mueller. He's like the last person, maybe the last thing in America that left and right agreed on. Left and right basically agreed. This is a guy of honor. This is an honest guy. This is an honest broker. Whatever he says goes. Americans are not into details. Don't read it to me, Bob. Just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. Correct. The fact that he was like, uh. I, I don't. If you were, if you couldn't impeach before, how are you going to impeach after, or should you? Well, were you on that? Yeah. Okay. So that's 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 exactly what I've been saying, you guys. To normal Amer normal people don't follow all of this super close. Only these lunatics on Twitter do, and normal people, like Bill Maher just said, they think okay. Robert Mueller's got this fucking reputation. Let's let it play out as that that's what I said from day one. Let it play out. And he said none of this fucking happened. There was no fucking collusion with the Russians, which was the primary basis for the whole investigation. So, But the Democrats have vied to fight on. And now, yes, normal Americans are going to be, you know what? It looks like now you're just out to get them. And that's what they will. Uh, so... 
Did I have another one? Oh, yeah. Here's another one. Uh, Chris Cuomo uh, was getting owned by former Attorney General Michael Mukasey, a former federal, the Attorney General, right? And so Chris Cuomo had him on his show, and Attorney General Mukasey kind of had to correct him on a few things. So let's listen to this little clip here. Consider this. He's being investigated this is for a crime that didn't happen and that he certainly didn't commit. Who says it didn't happen? Russian interference happened. Russian interference happened, for sure. But cooperation and conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians did not happen. And that was to the... To a criminal level, no, says Mr. Mueller. To any level. Nah, I don't know about any level, but to criminal level. I'll I do. That. I'll give you. Okay. And, he, and he, there's an investigation going on, not for a month or six months, but for a, two years, close yeah. to two years. And his administration is laboring under the shadow of that investigation. And people alleging that it happened, uh, there are going to be indictments and so on and so forth. But this is a special counsel, and it was put together by Rosenstein because he wanted it separate from the DOJ because of what he saw as potential It's not conflicts. separate from the DOJ. I it's know. It's within the DOJ. But as a mechanism, separate. I know it's under the DOJ. I understand how the guidelines are written. I understand why they were written, because we didn't like what the independent counsel was. It's not just the guidelines. Was. We have three branches of government. I understand. This is within the executive. I understand. We don't sprout a new branch of right. government. But what your friend did is not just by the book. He took it on himself to decide this rule. He didn't Talking have about to do bar. That. Of course he had to do it. Why? Who was going to decide whether to indict or not? Congress. As a political matter. Leave it to them. They decide whether to impeach or not. And Mike, they don't you're, decide... skipping, you're skipping the big point, which you taught me about very that early is on. The big point. They can't indict him. That is the opinion from the OLC. So there is nothing to decide on that level. It is so, purely political. It always Congress would be. doesn't indict. Congress can I know. Impeach. I'm using I'm using it as just a you know a metaphor here. But you, we you're know you can't. a lot of people. No, because we know the big OLC. audience. We know the yeah. <laughs> fucking know tell the them. There you go. See, he just doesn't. They don't know what they're talking about. God. Oh, it's really shocking, you guys. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's t back to New Zealand again. You guys remember when everybody was sucking off the prime minister and how woke she was for, you know, just abandoning any kind of individual rights or liberty and everybody liked that? Did you see that? This, this fucking New Zealand guy, he faces a maximum penalty of 14 years in prison now just for sharing the mosque shooting video, of course, in New Zealand. 14 years. This is what, this is the way it's headed. I tell you guys every week, the First Amendment is the most valuable thing America has. Pre is precious. You better guard it with your life because they are trying to take it away every freaking day. And you don't think they'd love to do shit like this in America? Of course they would. Uh, one of you guys sent me this one. And because, as you know, I've always told you to be very wary of late-term religious converts. I'm always like, those are fucking shady people. Well, a Muslim convert from Leeds was seen on private premises at a military airbrace just days before he repeatedly stabbed a stranger in the neck in the street. Yeah, this is in Manchester. So 26-year-old Alex Davies, who's now Muslim, stabbed a guy six times from behind as he walked towards a bus stop in Manchester. Just random as fuck. Miraculously, this dude lived. So Davies, who has Christianed himself Ahmad ibn Abdillah, fled the scene undetected and was later spotted at Royal Air Base Northolt in West London two weeks later. And he was... The court heard how police were informed of a male wearing full Islamic dress and heard to be chanting 
was seen in an accommodation area for base personnel only. How did how did he get on base? Okay, if a fucking white guy in the Arab man jams shows up at the front gate of a military, what you just wave him in? What is going on in England? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, beware of the converts, dude. This isn't even like the dude's first time. Apparently some other time he threatened two guys at a pizza shop with a large kitchen knife and said to them, quote, you are not Muslims. Can I kill you now? End quote. And that was no big deal, apparently, to, to England. Uh, they think he's uh, suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. <laughs> Oh man, guys, it's uh, <laughs> it's I'm going through these headlines. Okay, I'm saving this one. I'm saving this one for the end. Um, in where is this Arkansas? Yeah, after being shot in the genitals, a Little Rock man drove himself 150 miles to a Mississippi hospital. Wow. Yeah, 27 year old man arrived at the hospital in Little Rock. Is this Little Rock? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. They told police a 27-year-old man arrived at the hospital about 12.25 in the afternoon, so the middle of the day, with a gunshot wound to his scrotum. And he he left. Okay, this story is all backwards. He originally drove to a hospital in Little Rock. He left, and then he decided to drive to Mississippi. And uh, he checked himself into a hospital for treatment there. The shooting happened in an area of Arkansas, a witness told police that someone in a gray Lincoln had opened fire on a white Cadillac. <laughs> so it's like a road rage incident. And a dude got fucking shot right in the ball sack. Oh, running out of time. Let's go to some fast ones here pretty quick. As always, I got a lot of tabs left over. Um, an Alabama deputy has suspended, been suspended for posting a homophobic comment on Facebook about a bullied gay 15-year-old boy who took his own life. Well, this isn't nice. Madison County Deputy Jeff Graves wrote the comment on Sunday on a Facebook post about the suicide of this kid named Nigel Shelby. The teenager's family said Shelby killed himself last week after being bullied for his sexuality. So Jeff Graves writes, quote, Liberty, guns, Bible, Trump, barbecue. That's my kind of LGBTQ. I'm seriously offended that there is such a thing such as this movement. Society cannot and should not accept this type of behavior. He spelled accept wrong. I have a right to be offended and will always be offended by this fake movement, which requires no special attention but by persons with an altered ego and fake agenda, end quote. Well, he has been put on leave. Listen, you guys, look, I know you don't agree with a lot of people's lifestyle. If you're a public, and if you're in the public eye, if you're a police officer, district attorney, you, you can't, the, the day and age in which we live in, you cannot say stuff like that. You understand? Uh, I don't know why people don't know this yet. But yeah, don't do that. Um, this one. A United States boy. This is bad. 15 years old. He was abducted and raped at gunpoint by three schoolboys in Pakistan. Where he had gone to study. Oh, who fuck was his parents did this okay this teenager who holds a dual nationality pakistani american passport had his parents decided to come back to pakistan to study at a private school and his school peers lured him into an abandoned area of the city and then they fucking raped him 
Oh my God, dude. Yep. Uh, well, they try. Well, one part of the story says they tried to assault him, but then the next paragraph says they took turns assaulting him. And one kid apparently uh, told police that one boy would hold a gun to his head as the assault was carried out. Jesus. Crazy. Uh, a Brooklyn ex con, 24 years old, decided to tie up and his rape his 88 year old neighbor. Wow. And kudos, the, he, was, um, he was chased down by his sisters and father after the 88-year-old victim actually raised the alarm. That's crazy. Yep, Selwyn Worrell, 24 years old. Uh, he knocked on this neighbor's door, which was like a beloved you know, 88-year-old woman. And the lady opened the door because she recognized him. He forces his way inside. He grabs her by the throat, punches her in the face, ties up her hands, and pulls him into the pulls her into the basement of the building. She used her life alert button to call for help, unfortunately, after the horrific attack was already over. And yeah, as Worrell tried to flee the scene, his own father and sisters chased him down. Good. It's got to be tough. Your son's son being a shitbag. That's got to be hard, you guys. I'm lucky. All my brothers and sisters are pretty successful. Uh, quickly, uh, sadly, we had an 18-year-old Navy recruit die. Uh, just two months after the similar death of a 20-year-old recruit, also at Navy boot camp training. This was uh, Kelsey Nobles. These things happen. She collapsed at Navy Recruiting Training Center in Illinois. She went into cardiac arrest. And, uh, you know, that's that happens, you guys. These young people, sometimes every once in a while, you get one that just drops because they have an undiagnosed, some kind of congenital defect. Do you remember that Minnesota cop who shot the Australian yoga instructor? You guys remember that? When she was calling the cops to report a sexual assault? This happened in 2017. Yeah, that was Mohammed Noor. And remember, he was, he was significant because this is Minnesota, and he was a, a Somali police officer, so this is seen as very woke. Well, he responded to Justine DeMond's 911 call to report a sex assault in the alley behind her home and when he just basically showed up and like opened fire on her he was immediately fired from the police department for some reason this fucking trial is still going on uh and so there his lawyers claiming oh they thought it was an ambush because it was in the fucking like a dark alley watch watch him get he'll, he'll be let off this is like a blonde you know white woman <laughs> reporting a rape not like who you'd think would be like an ambush but who knows um, an Iowa fire chief was charged with arson. One of these guys. Yeah, the firefighter, just like the movie Backdraft, right? He's been charged with arson after his truck's GPS put him at the scene of two fires, and cops have linked him to at least seven others. Whoa-oh. Boy, ever, see, you always forget the details when you commit crime. You Like, how many dudes remember, oh, fuck, my car has GPS that they can download and see where I was? They always forget that shit. But yes, Oxford Assistant Fire Chief Timothy Hora, 30 years old, they say, is responsible for at least seven fires in the area of the last month. He is now facing five counts of arson and public intoxication, just <laughs> thrown on there for good measure. Oh, man, the fire chief. 
Did you guys see that fiery pile up on the freeway? They are cha they are charging a guy for that. At least four people died when the driver of a semi plowed into stopped traffic along I-70 near Denver. And his semi truck hit several cars, and he's being held on four counts of vehicular uh, homicide. He is cooperating with the investigators. His name is Rogel Lazaro Medeiros, only 23 years old. He was injured in the crash, but not seriously hurt. Uh, the suspect's brother, for what it's worth, does say he is a permanent res a resident of the United States, and the police spokesman said there's no evidence of drugs or alcohol. Hmm. So why is he being charged? Well, when asked if there are any mechanical issues with the truck, a spokesman said it's something the department is looking into, but he believes even if there was a mechanical issue, vehic vehicular manslaughter charges would still stick. Uh, well, okay, they don't really say why, like, was he, oh, I wonder, you know what, I wonder if he was texting, I wonder if that's why, because, I mean, if, if you're being charged with vehicular homicide, you did something to cause it, so if you weren't drunk, I'm, that's what I'm guessing it is, they don't say it in the story, but that's what I'm guessing it is, um, a, a police cruiser ran over a sunbather on the beach, in Venice Beach, <laughs> Uh, that took place uh, last week. And yeah, a guy was just laying on there, and um, they noticed a 25 to 30-year-old woman underneath their 4x4. Uh, luckily, she is in stable condition. God, she has no broken bones or significant internal injuries. She got ran right the fuck over by an SUV. Cops, you got to slow down on the beach, man. Come on. Uh, Fort Bragg has issued an apology after their fake cyber attack prompted alarm. Uh, you guys saw that they had to apologize because after realizing shutting off power to tens of thousands of base residents created alarm on the post, right? And they decided to shut off the power. This is the world. Do you know Fort Bragg is the world's largest military post? And they shut off the power without warning as part of an exercise to see how residents would react to a cyber attack. And they didn't want to clue the people in about it. So, I, I don't know. Like, I know what they're trying to do. I kind of get it. But nobody was given any warning. And that, that's part of the drill, right? The whole point of the drill is to see how people react. But again, this day and age we live in. I mean, it wouldn't be a bit, if you shut off power to my place, I'd be, I wouldn't even notice probably for like a, you know, at least not during the daytime. I wouldn't notice at all. I'd be having, that happened in OB, uh, in San Diego a couple of years back, some dude, there was a big car accident, one of the power lines, like out by Yuma, like a major electrical grid, and it shut off the power to San Diego for like 24 hours. And it was in, by the beach, everybody was just having big old barbecue parties. It was funny. Uh, what else? Oh, this couple of you guys sent me this one. A Pennsylvania woman is dead after falling into a commercial meat grinder at her job. Holy shit. Yep. Jennifer Greninger, 35 years old, fell into the machinery and uh, just was, that's the fucking worst thing ever. And somebody then had to clean that out. Imagine that. Think about that next time you're doing your burger. Okay, guys, I'm fucking just about out of time here. So, oh, wait. Well, wait, now I do have to read these headlines. 
these there was a bunch of sex sting articles and they basically arrested like cops firefighters uh, a military members that was an operation downpour in st john's county florida that was a good one um they also had a child sex sting in new jersey in bergen county and uh, yes, they did think they were going to have a sex experience with a 14-year-old boy. Shockingly, it was not a 14-year-old boy, but it was Bergen County Police. And was there one more that I had quickly? Oh, uh, Stanislaus County ran a sex sting as well, and they arrested a youth minister for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, guys, that's it. I got to go. I'm running out of time. I have two stories. One was a quick update. Many of you sent me this. As if I had forgotten about this story I did. Yes, of course, I remember the Barnyard Orgy Trio is what I called them. I, I covered this when it first happened, when they were first arrested. You guys remember this. This is the three men who were having sex with horses, goats, cows, and dogs at a farm over a five-year period. Three guys, 31, 41, and 34 years old, and they have all been sentenced to 20 to 41 years in a state prison with additional probation. Uh, they were charged with having sexual intercourse with at least nine female horses, a cow, a goat, and dogs. A teenage boy who also lived there was reportedly forced to help the defendants restrain the animals while they fucking strapped it on. <laughs> One guy admitted having sex with every female horse on the farm, as well as a goat, a cow, and his dog, at least once a day for around four of five years. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. That's not even the big finish, you guys. This is the big finish. All right? You ready for this? McDonald's has apologized after a two-year-old child was found sucking on a used condom in one of their restaurants. Oh, no. This happened at the Australian McDonald's in Perth for my Aussie listeners. And mother, named Wendy, said she rushed her daughter to the hospital after seeing her put the condom in her mouth and is now worried the girl may have contracted an STD. She wrote, quote, I don't know how it happened, but when my husband looked at her, she's sucking on a black condom. I ran to the bathroom, washed her mouth and hands, and came out and gave her a drink. We were terrified. She said the condom looked used. There was no packaging for it. Oh, no. Guys, that's it. That's what you got to watch out. The kids, That's they're, they're going to suck on everything. You understand that? There's no word if there was any contents in the condom or not that's it guys <laughs> i'm done that's gonna do it for me i'm worn out hot as hell here in my place in san diego but it's a beautiful day i'm gonna go ahead and get out there hey guys really appreciate everyone checking out the patreon you can check it out and help support the podcast at patreon.com search for bk actual shout out to my latest patron raj this last week uh, i try to personally message every one of you who does help support, make a pledge of a buck or two, you guys. Help support the podcast, and I'm going to keep going as long as I can with that. Follow me on Instagram at BKActual, and follow me on Twitter, at least as long as I'm still there, at BKActualPodcast. That's going to do it for me, guys, and I'll see you next week.